are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a show, man. Yeah, yeah, Rex is gonna get switched. Dude, I, this is like I'm on vacation. I don't have I mean I normally don't have to work on Saturdays, but I didn't have to work today, so today I I went and played hockey in the morning, had a lot of fun. Um and I uh you know, I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm gonna brag for a minute here, okay? Like generally oh, okay. speaking, I don't normally take compliments well, but I was talking to one of the guys I play hockey with and he plays in the same league as me. And we're just talking and he's like you know, hey, you know, like we're we're just talking about our league and talking about the different teams. And he's like, "Well, you and you and he named some one of the other guys." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, you guys are the two best goalies in the league." And I was like, "Aw, <laughs> aw, so, um, no." Did but you I mean, was, afterwards, no, it was flattering though. Uh, he, I mean, he's a really good player too. I have a lot of respect for him. I mean, he's got a hell of a shot and stuff. So, um, but no, I, I, so long, you know, so I don't have anywhere to be tomorrow. I can sleep in like this is one of the first Saturdays in a long time where I don't have to get up and go do something because, you know, it's the holidays. Things are all done. You know, like activities are done. I don't have to go to hockey tomorrow, everything else like that. So, man, I am going to normally I have to get up in the morning and like, you know, everything else. But man, tonight I got a fresh bottle of Jack Daniels next to me. You're going to hear me open it live on the air eventually when I finish my old bottle of Jack Daniels because, you know, I always I always have one on deck. And man, it's gonna be a show. <laughs> we, always got, we always got one going on. What can I? I always, yeah, just just like Vinny, I always got one going. The only difference is he's got some, always got something else going. <laughs> Rex drinking Jack. <laughs> Vinny, something else with Jack. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh man. Yeah, I actually have. Uh, I've just been a complete lazy ass all week because I, I have this week and next week off work, and this week was completely just. Me being tired. <laughs> I just, I, I sat around. I didn't do much of anything. Where, which I get it is like kind of the point of being off, but what I didn't really do was get, get around to doing any of the things I wanted to do, um, which I'm, I'm kind of hoping to, you know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, I got a week off. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to play a video game. I'm going to play with boobs, you know, whatever. Like, you know, like normal things that, well, like I, norm- I normally choose up- to do things I actually have a chance of doing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm going to fly to Cleveland with my arms. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, dollar bills exist. But the, um, but th- th- this week totally wasn't that. I-, I did. It's not, it's not, you know, hockey. Um, I, I did start um, for the first time in a while. I've been, I've just been tired and, and busy. And, and I get it, man. I get I it. I had a lot of stuff to do. And I, um, I get upset when I get behind and I want to. I want to read and I'm just behind on reading and um, so I, I actually did. I started. I started a book series that I. Uh, well, it's not new, but it's new to me. Um, so I, I started reading the Blade itself by Joe Abercrombie, which is part of the First Law series, which is um, uh, one of the most. I, I, I don't, it's one, it's one of the big books in like the grim dark genre. Um, it, it's, you know, the godfather of grim dark, you know, you hear it called, um, fun fact, by the way, uh, if you've ever heard of the grim dark genre of, of like science fiction or fantasy, 
Um, it's actually a Warhammer 40K reference. Um, Warhammer 40K, you know, forever. The, you know, it's always in the in the grim darkness of the far future. There is only war. That's the slogan of Warhammer 40,000. That's where Grimdark comes from. But anyway, uh, I am almost done with book one, and absolutely, absolutely loving it. I, I it it takes a little while to get going. Um, but it's, it's really good. I, dude, Unlike it, it, in a way, like it's, there's this one character that I, I just, I just relate to and, and I'll, I'll explain, you know, quickly. He was this guy and he was a, um, he was a fen or he was a, uh, he was a fencer, but he was, um, uh, in other words, great at fencing competitions, but you know, long story short, he was this great like warrior. And at some point in time he gets captured and he's repeatedly tortured for a long, long time. And, you know, he's now he, he can barely walk and he got all his teeth knocked out. And he's just this he's this miserable guy. And God, I just relate to him. You know, I'm like, ah, you're miserable. And that's awesome. <laughs> he, um, you know, what's funny is his job is he's an inquisitor. And the reason he's the best inquisitor is because he's really good at torturing people. Because he understands how to do it because he was tortured so much. It's so metal. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, I, that's a great way to start a show. You uh, you reminded me, actually. I, I started Brian Slagle's second book. and Oh, that's um, awesome. I loved and, his first one. Yeah, his first one was awesome. So when he released his second one, I, I picked it up. And it's, again, like you said, I have been so busy and so like stressed out at work. Like when I'm finished at the end of the day. Like if I'm not playing, I've been playing a lot of hockey. I'm playing hockey like three, four times a week. So the 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 like two or three days a week I'm not playing hockey. I'm like just I just want to lay on the couch and just zone out. Um, so I haven't been reading a lot. I haven't been listening to as much music as I normally do. Um, yeah, like you said, hopefully this week I have off all week. I can uh, rectify that and um, you know hopefully. Uh, you know, get some gets get caught up on stuff myself. Maybe read a little bit, listen to some music. But uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, seriously, it's one of those things where I, I'm legitimately really looking forward to next week doing that. Yeah, um, me too. It's um, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad when you get old and pathetic. But well, uh, I mean, I, I've been under more stress at my job the past like month than I have I think since I've been in the job, and it's only going to get. I don't want to say it's going to get worse in January, but it certainly is going to continue into January. So. Oh yeah, my um, January is gonna suck pretty. pretty yeah, mine hard. is too. Like, that's what that's what happens when you're in charge of things. Like when you're in charge of stuff, that's what it, it, like it, when when you can just be like, well, that that's not my that you got to talk to my boss. You know, that's that's when it's like, oh yeah, you got to talk to my boss. Well, I'm gonna go on my vacation. But when you're in charge of stuff, that's when you're like, uh my my the guy who who's I I took over as like head of the department, and um. He told me he goes. I'm gonna. He goes. I'm gonna warn you about something about about managing a, a team. And I goes, "What's that?" And he goes, "Everyone else's problems are your problems." <laughs> he goes, "Right now, your problems are your problems." He goes, "But now, when you're stepping into this role, everyone else's problems are your problems in addition to your own problems." <laughs> so, <laughs> you yeah, see, the, the the problem I have at work is, you know, I'm absolutely nobody and mean nothing, and I have and I'm not in charge of anything, but I'm also completely in charge of you know the one of the most uh, let's just put it this way a very large segment of uh an industry so it's weird. i also am in charge of a very large segment 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the armadillo. That, that's separate from work. <laughs> right. Well, you know, except for when I f on you, film. Geez, geez, you, you'd think I, you'd think I'd already been started hitting the Jack Daniels with that comment, right? <laughs> He's hitting. <laughs> Rex is hitting the sauce. What can I say? I'm um, hitting the sauce, eh? Oh, uh, man. Okay, you know what? I got to say, by the way, um, j- just as a little a little message to our uh, our listeners of old uh, and our new ones, um, I've come to the conclusion, I, and I wrote this down in case you're wondering what this meant. I've come to the conclusion what is the absolute best thing about our show for our listeners. This is what I love about our, about our show. I think that anybody who listens to our show we might be the only part of their lives that doesn't somehow charge them fees or ask them for a tip. I've just yeah. I mean, usually that. You, usually it's usually it's us who's giving just the tip. Well, yeah, usually. Because <laughs> you know what, I got I got to say this. I I just I gotta you know separately I, of course. I I I I bitch on this show a lot about about Live Nation. And I was going to say, you could have just stopped there and been right. <laughs> well, I do bitch a lot. What, I'm a cranky old man. I bitch on this man. show a lot. And it's, just- <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'm a cranky old man. Hey, you know what? I don't do the how bad is my week been as much as I used to be. You used to but- basically, basically it used to be a segment on the show. How bad was Duff's week? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, medication helps. But. I got to say this. I, I bitch on this show a lot about Live Nation, and I bitch about fees. <laughs> but this is completely irrelevant to the show. But can I just say, this tipping crap has me about ready to just, I don't know, um, live in a live in a cave and just eat bugs or something. Just that? Man, I was ready yeah. to do that months ago. <laughs> I was no, ready to here, do that about dude, <laughs> I got a pizza today. And I don't mean a good pizza, okay? I don't mean I went. To, I mean I live in the state of New York, man. There are there are legitimately real good quality pizza shops in the state of New York. Yes, I know New York City is famous for it, but it bleeds out into the rest of the state. And you know, they're, they're legitimately great pizza. That's not what I went. I did. I went to. I'm not going to mention the name, but let's just say the type of pizza place that. They already have the pizzas ready for you. You walk up, you give them your eight bucks or whatever, and they hand you a pizza that's already made. That place, one of those places. They wanted me to tip it's, them 20%. I'm like... Yeah. Is it, it's, it's, I mean, and it's funny because I've read, and maybe maybe I'm completely off base here, but I've read it's it's a... It's a it's something that is almost unique to the United States, meaning it is in other parts of the world. There's no such thing as tipping that you just actually pay for your meal and people get paid here in the United States. It's literally like keep this in mind. He walked in to get his own food to literally and not even nobody even handed it to you. You literally went up to a machine to get the thing and then they they wanted 20 percent like just. And, and I those with the app, yeah. and I literally your your number comes up, and you walk up to the little machine, you type in your number, and it put, and your your pizza pops out. There was zero human interaction. Zero, you know, and and it's funny because and me not funny, but I mean it's it's because I've literally seen 
I've ordered something online. Maybe it was like a t-shirt or a record or something. And it was like, would you like to tip the person who is putting your item in the box? And I'm thinking to myself, like, like, is that, is that normal? Because I've never been asked that kind of stuff before. Like it's, it's, it's a it's, fairly recent thing where I, it almost seems like every single thing I do anymore. It's, would you like to tip? Would you like to tip? And by the way, I'm not complaining that, you know, somebody does something like was working their butt off and they get a little extra. That's I'm not saying people don't deserve a little extra. What I think is screwed up is you have these you have these companies and businesses and stuff. And you notice it's never like small, like mom and pop shops that are like, would you like to tip? It's always like these massive corporations. And and I'm like thinking to myself, so you don't want to pay this guy more money. You want me to pay more for the product you're selling me. So you don't have to pay him more. <laughs> and here's the thing, man. T- tipping, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to go off on this rant, and then I promise you we'll get to our top tens. But it's our show, and I'm, I'm, I just wanted some pizza, and I'm pissy now. You know, all I wanted was a pizza, and they <laughs> wouldn't give it to me without a tip. In, Mister, and, go and, on, and, Mister. You know, Pink. I, I will say this: in Europe, in Europe, when I was there, there were places that we tipped, like we tipped at some restaurants, but it was more, of course, like a small, <laughs> you know. A, a couple of bucks as a small token of, you know, oh wow! But they don't, they don't, it's they don't expect it, and you know, you. I remember uh, our our one friend. I, I was like, I went to tip, and he's like, uh, he was like, dude, dude, dude. No, no, but when he literally, we were at a restaurant, and I was gonna leave the guy like a big tip. He's like, dude, calm down. You're, it's an insult. Like, you know, leaving him a couple of bucks is like a hey, thanks, but. The, the waiter flat out looked at me. He's like, "Yeah, don't worry about tipping. They pay us here." You know, I'm like, "Okay." But look, I, I was look, I was I, curious I, I if hate, it was a waiter you were tipping. <laughs> well, in that case, it was. Um, but you know, well, yeah, because I was sober. It was at a restaurant. Um, but we, uh, you know, I, I tipping tipping servers drives me nuts. But I, I look, I understand that the server doesn't even make minimum wage. I get it. It's part of it. I don't like it, but I do it. And I get it, and I totally understand. But on the other hand, when I go when I go to Starbucks, and I walk up and I say, um, "Can I have?" And I don't know, like I, 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 I envision, or you go to Dunkin' and you're like, "Oh, can I get a donut?" And they hand it to you, and the thing comes up asking you for a tip. I'm like, "You handed me a donut. I am not tipping because you handed me a donut." Like, I am not tipping to grab a pizza. It is not happening. It is absolutely not happening. And I'm at the point where it is, it, it, seriously, it makes me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at that point now where I just want to, like, you know what? I'm not going to tip anybody anymore. No one's getting a tip from me ever again. You have gone too far. No server, bartender, anything. No one is getting a tip from me ever again. It, <laughs> it's not happening. Um... Anyway, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, and people, um, look, is it is it my fault that that you're that the pizza delivery places charge a fee? No, you know. Anyway, but I've actually never had pizza delivered in my life, um, and the reason I never did it was because I'm like, there's no way in hell that I would ever tip a, a delivery driver after already paying a delivery fee. So I knew I wouldn't do it. So I've never ordered pizza what is, delivered. What is ironic is you were a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> I was. I was. I know. I know. Um, but, and, and the rule, the rule with, with pizza deliveries is if you deliver to the projects or to a gated community, you're not getting tipped at all. 
if you if you deliver to like a regular middle class regular neighborhood with a swing set in the back, you'll get tipped really well. You know, it's like because everybody in that neighborhood's like n- most of them were probably pizza delivery people at one point in time. Um, just it's just funny how that works. But anyway, just thought I'd throw this out. I am just utterly I again, dude. Tip your bartender. Tip your waiter. Fine. But when I have to tip the, I don't know, because I ordered it with an app and grabbed it out of the machine myself and no one even said hi to me. And it's not even good pizza. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. So anyway, I guess what I'm saying is the heavy metal hangover here is making it clear we're not charging any fees. There's no service charges, no location fees. We don't expect you to tip us. And give it time before you realize that we're the only part of your life that doesn't require those things. And, you know, it's, it's sad that I'm joking, but in a way, I'm, I'm also not joking. It's absolutely pathetic. Um, anyway. So, this week, we are here to get into our... Oh, wait, we got to do one more thing before we go to our top tens. Last week, we talked about Steve Ross. The son of the great Bob Ross. And we mentioned all the things about him that were super metal. And some friends of ours got back to us about their opinions of Steve Ross. Um, A friend of ours, her name is Jen. She said, and I'm not looking at what she wrote, but what I remember she said was, he, Steve Ross looks like the kind of the guy, the kind of guy that every concert he went to yelled "Play Freebird," and he wasn't joking, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't mean it ironically. Um, uh, our friend Vinny told us that uh, he's the kind of guy that insisted on his pronunciation of NWOBHM and would yell at you if you pronounced it any other way. <laughs> um, and then our friend, our friend Missy, this one's kind of weird because I don't get it. She, she, no, here's the thing. She said to me that he reminds her of a guy that she met at a bar the other day. The other this, day, like recently, like recently, <laughs> this happened to her recently that she was a, in a bar and a guy walks up to her and says, and I quote, you smell nice. You smell like a boner. <laughs> like, what the hell does that mean? She said, she asked him and she has she, no idea. She currently, she, I mean, he obviously means Mike Seaver's friend. Uh, well, of course, Mike Stabone. I mean, like, everybody assumes um, you're referring to Mike Stabone. Um, but I went, I have no idea what you're talking about. She's like, I don't know what he meant either, but that guy looks like the kind of guy who would say it. I went, okay, then. Um, I mean, we could sit here and all go off on Steve Ross things all day long. Right, right. Well, I had to just throw it out that, um, oh, no, she said she asked the guy if he smells a lot of boners for reference, and she said he didn't say anything. Um, but that Steve Ross looks like the kind of guy who would say that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to throw that out. That's what some of our, some of our friends said. Um, That's funny. Anyway. But, you know, so it's 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 time. It's drinking time. Hold on. Drink, drink. Come on. Drink, drink. I already have. Um, no, it's it's time. So we, we released our we're about to release our top 10 of the year. 
We usually start with honorable mentions. I have quite a few because you and I, I were talking. Too. You and I were talking, and the thing I had problems with was the first part of the year. You and I were complaining, so and we didn't even do a middle of the year recap. We usually do in June or so, like a here's where we're at in the year so far. Here's well, some of our favorite albums. And you and I were like, there's not even enough really great albums that came out. But man, this lo- this year was really backloaded, man. You know, I-, I will I will say some of it was my fault, um, because I was so dude. I spent legitimately an entire year because I bought the tickets a year in advance. I spent an entire year planning the trip to Europe and going to Vakken, and it didn't work out. And so for the first half of the year, like, my eyes were set on the metal world from the perspective of Vakken. Like, I was looking at all the bands that are going to be playing there, and a lot of them had new albums that were going to come out. And so, I mean, admittedly, the Vakken thing influenced a bit of the first half of my year's um, interest in some ways and lack of interest in other ways. It, it's it's just it's just so that's partly my fault. I will say this, but I do agree. The year was definitely, definitely it was definitely backloaded. So, um, yeah, and I struggled. Like a pog. This year was a pog. You know what I mean? Yeah. P a w g. Okay. Look um, that up if you don't know what I'm talking. About. No, I, I think I do. I'm not sure. You know, it's funny. It's one of those terms where I see it and I think I I always think I know what it means, but then I'm always like wrong. Meaning, I always I'm like, oh, what does that mean? No, I, I know. I know. I know that's like, it's one of those things where, I don't know, like I said, I see that term and I'm always like, oh, that's, maybe it means this. And I every time I look it up and I'm like, okay, I'm wrong. It's just one of those ones I can't get my head wrapped around for some reason. Anyways, so, and I struggled with a lot and a lot of these albums I really, really liked, but it was one of those things where it became, it became a war of attrition. And what I mean by that is I had to start nitpicking and saying, ah, oh, it's a great album, but, oh, it's a good album, but, ah, oh, it's, a, you know, and, you know, there was, uh, you know, it's funny. I own every single album on my list except for one, and I'm rectifying that right now. Um, I'm buying it right now. I actually found it at a good price. That there was one of the albums I complained about being like and costing an arm and a leg. Um, I found that at a good price uh, from from a seller, so I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to have every single, every single, including the runners up, every single album on vinyl. So I will have purchased every single one of the albums that I'm calling on my top ten, um, and including the, the runners up as well. Um, in about there, there's you know, a couple that I don't have, um, but it, it wasn't intentional. Yeah, I think one or two of them were just outlandish. Like the the price was again. I like having my top ten, but. I, I draw a line at the price of it. Oh, and I'll be honest with you. And you and I have talked about this. Like there's a line I'm not willing to cross. And and up until like, I think up until recently, there was a couple that I didn't have. Um, it just happens that I got, I found like they were on sale or the prices dropped. Like, you know, so that's, what's funny is sometimes when you see records, especially like if you order on Amazon and look, I know people are going to hit me over the head and be like, you need to order from small record stores and blah, blah, blah. But you know, the bottom line is this, there's two things here. First of all, the nearest record store to me is like 40 minutes away that actually stocks metal. Um, yeah, it's I don't an hour have, drive for me. Yeah, and the thing is they close early. So like, if I don't literally walk out of work, get in my car, and drive 40 minutes to the record store, I'm not getting there. And that's assuming they even have what I want. The other thing to, the other thing to bear in mind for me, because, I mean, actually, the, the nearest record store used to be 20 minutes away, but it closed, and they used to stock everything, and I used to go there all the time. Um 
And the second, the other thing to bear in mind is, look, at the end of the day, I, 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 I will always order, if the price is within a few bucks, I will always spend more to order from the small store. You know, like I'll, I, there's, I love the punk store, Angry Young and Poor from Lancaster. Um, I love the, uh, I love Hell's Headbangers. There's a two like small label record, you know, distributors or stores that I order from and I order from all the time. And I've even canceled orders on Amazon and sold them like, I would rather buy from you, you know, cause I, I want to take care of them. On the other hand, if it's a difference of like 10 or $15 for a record, by the way, I am ordering Terrasite from a small record seller. It's not, I'm not ordering it from Amazon, but you know, I'm, I, 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 I can't 10 or $15 on every single album to support small business. And I know it puts, I know it, I know it's difficult, but it's the nature of the beast. Um, I try to wherever I can, I have spent extra money, but you know, sometimes you know it's just I, not in the cards. I, I will say this. If I am at a record store and I see something and the price is comparable to Amazon, meaning, yeah, Amazon might be a little bit cheaper. But if I'm at a record store and I'm going to a record store and I see it's comparable, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I could save two bucks and buy it on Amazon. I will buy it from the store. Absolutely. I even do, I even do that online. If I want a record, if I don't buy it from Amazon, it's not as if... I would have bought it from the store because I'm not going to the store. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, I'm not taking business away from that local store because if I don't buy it from Amazon or buy it online, I'm just not going to buy it because I'm not going to drive to the record store every time I want to buy an album. It's just not going to happen. I don't live near it. It's not like I'm right down the street from it and it's not guaranteed. They always have it in stock. So, Look, when I go to the record store and I see records I want, I buy them. I frequent records. I I, well, I, I, I guess I don't frequent because I don't live right there. But I go there. I spend money at the record store. But no, I'm not going to drive. Every time I want to buy an album, I'm not going to be like, oh, crap, I better drive an hour and see if they – you know, it's just – I'm not – it's not going to happen. Yeah, and it's that's why I, I order online from a lot of Everything small record stores. I order online from a lot of small record stores, shirts, records, everything. Um you know, and, and and not only that, but I really make it a point to make sure the, the problem with the problem with now, especially with T-shirts. And actually, I just encountered this. There's so many bootleg things out there because it it's, you know, especially on Amazon, you got to watch out because you can think, oh, I'm ordering an Amazon. I'm ordering a, a metal shirt. It's from Amazon or whatever, and I'm going to get it. But a lot, of, a lot of those are actually bootlegs. Um and I, I try to order as much as I can, like verify where I'm ordering from. Look, I, I'm not judging anybody who is okay with buying bootlegs. I've bought bootleg T-shirts before. I've I've bought T-shirts from the guys in the parking lot before. You know, I've, I get it. Um, I, so I'm not judging anybody. I'm not telling what you what you can and can't do. I'm just saying what I try to do. And again, it's one of those things where. You know, sometimes I'm like, I can't afford a fifty dollar tour shirt. It's just not happening. You as know long as you don't mean? buy a Tad Nugent shirt, you know, a Tad Nugent. Like Tad, on that seventy yeah, show, Tad Nugent. I mean, it was something. It was like Tad Nugent, or it was something like. That. I'm pretty sure it was. It Tad. was. I think it was Tad Nugent. Yeah. So I mean, but anyway. So you know, going back to what we're saying. So I'm I'm happy to say, like I I at least own, or at least will shortly own, all of my runners up. So I don't know. I, I'll start with my runners up real quick. You could read your runners up, runners up, and then we'll get into, um, we'll get into the the meat of our top tens. But I will say this. I think there's one thing we agree on. And and it's it's with that. I think you and I a hundred percent agree on this, and it's not even up for debate. 
The song of the year this year was 1987 by Steel Panther. It is That is not up for debate. No. I, I you know, we always make it careful that we say that the heavy metal hangover does not say anything is the best. Well, look, we I don't say, care. It, that is the heavy metal hangover song of the year. Whatever. 1987 is the best song of the year. It's not our favorite. It is our favorite, but it's our favorite because it's the best. And for and, the first time in heavy metal hangover history, I'm going to flat out say anyone who disagrees is just wrong. And you, it's funny because you and I. No, it's just a perfect song. It's amazing. I, I mean, you and I weren't. Um, you and I were kids. Like, and, and I mean kids. I don't mean like teenagers. I mean like legitimate like children, children in the 80s. So, but you and I also were both raised, you know, by the generation before us, you and I, and I, I don't want to get too personal here, but you and I were both raised by our grandparents. Right. And, and we, we also so were raised with MTV on all the time. So we saw it. And, you know, when, yeah, I mean, I could say all the time, like, yeah, I was a, was a 90s kid. But on the other hand, I was I in mean, the 90s and I, <laughs> all I listened to was, for the most part, stuff from the 80s. I mean, dude, you were a 90s kid walking around in stonewashed nut huggers, a rat shirt, and a leather vest. I mean, come and, on. And leather boots. <laughs> and, and like, and not like leather, like biker boots, like totally like rock star boots. I know. Yeah. So no, I, 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 it, it's just, it's, I, 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 it's, I, I you know what? I'm going to go as far as to say this stuff. You know, it's cool now. Like you see like Sonia Anubis does it and you see like all these people who are like, oh, I'm dressing retro 80s. Dude, this is one time where you can honestly say and mean it and be 100% accurate in saying you did it before it was cool. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely did. I, I, I did it. I did it after it was cool. You did it. I, I, I did you it when got it stopped. screwed. You did it after it was cool and before it was cool. right. That's what I was gonna say. I did it. I did it after it was cool and then before it was cool. You just got totally screwed. <laughs> I was like, it was it was after it was after it went out of fashion, and um, long and before, before it came lo- back. Long before it was ever back in fashion. But um, uh, no, I mean, so that, so, I always laugh that it's like my 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 fashion sense hasn't changed, and unfortunately, it wasn't cool either time. <laughs> No, I mean, it's, but so 1987, like, because it, it's funny, like I said, you and I always say, like, I didn't live the 80s. Like, I know a lot of guys are like, oh, I remember going to shows and stuff like that. You and I couldn't have gotten in on our best days, but, you know, you and I were watching MTV. We were, I, I feel like an 80, even though I was truly like, I got into my teenage years in the 90s, I feel like an 80s, like, kid in a lot of ways. Like you said, you and I were still listening to, like, spreading the disease and, 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 you know, Kill 'em all and master puppet. We we're still listening to like you know all of that like Exodus, like Bonded by Blood, well, all that stuff. I, I wasn't into '90s metal. No, and that's the I thing. mean, I mean, like I'll put it this way: I and look, this is not an I was cool. I was uncool. I didn't like new metal. I didn't like that stuff. I still, I mean, I still don't, but I didn't like it. I was severely. I was one of those guys that's like everyone's listening to Slipknot and whatever. Who cares? But. I wasn't cool. I was still stuck in 1986. I was like, dude, I just want to listen to Slayer or Anthrax or whatever, you know. And I'm not saying I didn't listen to any bands from the 90s. I did. I was a. I listened to Pantera. I mean, I was a huge Dream Theater fan. They, you know, we all we all listen to death metal like Cannibal Corpse and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying I didn't listen to anything from the 80s, but I mean, or from the 90s, but I wasn't listening to what was cool. Yeah, in neither the of late us 90s. were. I just, I wasn't. Aside you know? from Pantera, neither of us were. Like, like we literally would have people we were went to school with who were other metalheads, and they'd be like, 
what band is that? Like, I remember the one kid, well, the one guy walks up to you in your Iced Earth shirt and he's like, oh, I love Iced Earth. I love their first album, The Dark Saga. And you just look at him and you're just like, <sighs> I was like, yeah, run away, run away, son. You're like, walk on home, boy. Walk on home, boy. I mean, and, and that's not an elitist thing. That's just, no, they were trying to be cool. Hey, um, no, and, and that's, but anyways, so I, 1987, although you and I weren't there, we, we were there, but we weren't there. We were the kids like standing outside with our noses pressed up against the glass while you, know you were inside hitting on hitting on the metal the metal women that eventually evaporated. You know the, the song nineteen eighty seven is very much like dazed and confused, and I'll tell you why. It it serve it does two things. To anybody who was there, it reminds them of the good times. And to anybody who wasn't there, it just makes you wish you were. You know, Daisy Confused was that way. Like, we, I wasn't alive in 76, but people that were, that were teenagers in 76, we were like, yeah, man, the good times were us. It was like, well, we weren't alive, but it makes us wish we were there. So I think it does all of that. It, it, it well, celebrates we were alive those in 87, but. Well, I was alive in 87. Um, but I just mean it does the same. It does the same thing. Yeah, we weren't teenagers in '87, is what I mean. And you and I um, liked all the bands they talk about. Like you and I were, you and I. Let me put it this way, and I think you agree with this. You and I feel the same way that they express about these bands in this song, except we were like five or six or you know ten years too late. Well, like, sure. you know, Appetite for Destruction, Blowing Us All Away. You and I were like, oh, this is such a good album, but it was like 1994 instead of 1987, you know? like, You know, um, I, dude, I, like, like the, the Dawkins and Lynch were young and hot. They were warriors in a dream. I couldn't understand the loudness, dude, but man, that guy could scream. I love I mean, loudness. Awesome. Loudness is so cool. Oh, well, yeah. I um, have a couple of their Okay, I mean, while, admittedly, but- I was a little young. To have fresh Colombian cocaine off a nineteen-year-old breast, but <laughs> but if I could have, you know, you you would have, <laughs> I would have, I would have. Uh, but dude, seriously, like cranking scorpions and priest, everyone in leather, I, Dave and Eddie were getting back to. I mean, seriously, it's it, it's very much it's very so, much just it, dude. I mean, and I and I'll say this first of all, it's it, as with everything Steel Panther, it's tongue in cheek, yeah, and it's fun, but. It's also a really good tribute to all that was cool in the 80s. Agreed. And I, I will go as far as to say it's the best song they ever wrote. I agree. Um, I mean, that, that whole album. So going on that note, Steel Panthers on the Prowl, which is the album that that, album, the, the, that song is off of, made my runners up list. And let me tell you why. It was a fun album. For me, and I know Steel Panther's shtick, it's always been the same for me. The first half of that album was hilarious. After you get past the first half of the album, I'm like, okay, like, I got the joke. It was funny. I'm kind of getting tired of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That 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 tends to be any band like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Wheeler Walker Jr. is the same way. Like, his greatest hits is awesome. But when you listen to an album, you know, after a few songs, you're like, all right, it gets old. Um, awesome in concert. Um, so, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I Steel Panther did not make my list of top tens. It does make my list of favorite song this year. If you don't know it, seriously listen to it. And I, I still feel and like... If you, if you get offended by it, you're not listening to this show anyway. 
There's nice. nothing that show's going to say that offends you any worse than anything we say that's going to offend you. And it's not even an offensive song, so. Like, dude, I have a couple of friends that are really nice people, but, you know, the kind of people that everything is offensive to them. And they messaged me, and they're like, oh, did you see some band? They're like, have you ever, they're like I assume you know about the, about the band um, Steel Panther. They're like, did you see they're on America's Got Talent? And they weren't, they weren't serious. They're like, uh, do you know that band? You probably do. And I was like, yeah. And I told them, I was like, just be careful. I, I said, they're great. I've, I've been a fan of theirs for, uh, I mean, 2010, something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look. Because um, I remember when I got the album. But the... Um, I said to him, I was like, just so you know, I was like, if you if you go to look this band up, you got to realize that they're tongue in cheek. I said, they they celebrate the '80s, but they're also a parody of all of that. I'm like, they're like a parody of bands like Poison and Motley Crue. I said, so a lot of their songs are, and I'm just telling him, I was like, look, they're a great band, but a lot of their songs are offensive. And I and I told him, I was like, look, I'm just trying to tell you in advance. Before you go check them out, you get you get upset. It's the same and- type of humor as Blazing Saddles, where if you take it at face value, it's offensive. If you understand that they're making fun of what they're saying, like them saying it is what you're supposed to be laughing. Like you're supposed to be laughing at them for saying it, not laughing at what they're saying. You know like, what I mean? Like like the song Community Property. Yeah. The joke isn't that the joke isn't that they're that they're you know they're sleeping around when they're on tour. The joke is that people used to do that. You know they're yeah. they're 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 mocking what people used to do. But anyway, yeah. What was and great I, I was I was still my, say my, that you wrote you must have wrote the song Friends with Benefits off that right. Album. My <laughs> read my, the lyrics friends, in that read the lyrics to Friends with Benefits by Steel Panther, and it's totally like Duff would have written a song like this. Well, I always said I missed my calling. That should have been the band I was in. But no, my my friends literally they messaged me and she was like, she's like, oh my god, I totally see. She's like, she thought it was hilarious, and mm. she said she thought it was hilarious because she said, she's like, wow, they just go all in, don't they? She's like, that's that's. She realized it was satire, and because she realized it was satire, thought it was hilarious. You know, she's the kind of person that that kind of behavior would make her really mad. Well, but, it's like I said, you have to understand satire of that kind of behavior. Understanding it's satire, she thought it was hilarious. So and and so anyway, I I, th- I think Steel Panther's great. I'm I'm I, I'm I'm super glad they they anytime they get the attention they deserve because they're ridiculously talented. Um, so uh, I mean, come on, Satchel played in fight. Yeah, yes, he did. So um, <laughs> he could he could have been very old. I don't know. <laughs> So I'm going to uh, I'll read through my runners up. You can read through your runners up and then we'll go through. Um, we usually compare our top tens so we don't cross over. So what? Well, uh, so we'll I figure will, that I out. will highlight on your list anything that's on my All list. Right, cool. I'm going to go over my runners up. So the, the first runner up I have is Blood Letters, A Different Kind of Hell. Um, Blood Letter actually was my album of the year for their album Under the Dark Mark. Um, this album was awesome. And that's the thing. Like my top ten. At first, I was like, oh, this is going to be an easy top 10. And then I re-listened to the albums. Because, you know, over a year, you hear an album and it, like, blows your mind in January. But then, like, by November, December, you're like, oh, that was an okay album, I guess. 
And then you need to listen to it again to be like, oh, my God, I forgot how awesome this was because I've been listening to it for 10 months. And it doesn't have that new car smell like a lot of the albums you just got like a week ago do. But Blood Letters Did Forgot Hell is a great album. It's an awesome thrash album. They're out of Chicago. I recommend it fully if you're into thrash. Um, they, they're they a great band. It was on par with Under the Dark Mark. Again, the only reason it didn't crack my top 10 was it had nothing to do with not it wasn't a great album. It's just that, again, towards the end of the year, so much awesome stuff came out that blew my mind. It edged it out. And believe me when I say I was juggling that in and out of my top 10. And it was it was an album I really struggled. I tried to find a way to get it in there, and it was I just couldn't do it. Uh, meaning, and I'm not saying I couldn't do it because it didn't deserve it. I mean, I just couldn't do it because I was like, I can't bump anything. Um, and I'm sure you know if, if they heard my top ten, they've they've you know they they they've they listened to, they've listened to the show in the past, and and you know they're they're buddies of ours, and and they've they've always been cool with us and stuff. That has nothing to do with why I'm recommending their album. Um, but if they heard my top 10, they'd probably say the same thing. They'd probably be like, all right, yeah, you know, I, I get it. So, um, next is Crypta Shades of Sorrow. I was a huge fan of Echoes of the Soul by Crypta. Like, I love that album. That was one of the bands I was looking forward to seeing live the most. Um, you know, when I heard Nervosa, I was supposed to see in 2020, um, Amorphous playing the entire Tales of a Thousand Lakes album with with Nervosa opening. This is back when Nervosa was a three piece, and back when uh, uh, Luana and Fernanda were still in Nervosa. And of course, you know, COVID happened. The show got canceled. I was like devastated because I would love to have seen Tales of a Thousand Lakes. And then Nervosa was at the time one of my favorite thrash you know bands. And I heard they broke up like almost right after the show was canceled and Crypta formed. And I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. I'm never going to see Nervosa and blah, blah, blah. Then I got Echoes of the Soul. And, man, I got to say, that album blew me, out of the, blew me out of the water. Like, I was like, holy crap, this album's amazing. Shades of Sorrow is a good follow-up. It's a strong follow-up. I will say that, in my opinion, it's not as good as Echoes of the Soul. But that's like saying, you know, again, you're the skinniest kid at Fat Camp. It's not a bad album. That's not to say it sucks, not to say it's not good to listen to. I just kind of feel like... I, it's not a. It's I wouldn't even call it a sophomore slump. I would just say that, you know, the the lineup changed a little bit. Sonia was gone. I don't know if that impacted songwriting, but I will say that like it's it was just again it was one of those albums where I couldn't find a place for it. Um, again, I recommend it fully. Check it out. Listen to it. Next on my list is Body Farm Ultimate Abomination. Um, I like Body Farm's last album. This album is good as well. Straightforward death metal. It's awesome. Um, Next album is Knife, Heaven Into Dust. And let me say this about Knife. I loved their first album. It was so awesome. Their vocalist took a little getting used to. And I'll be honest with you, every time I listen with this album, I have to get through the first song, and then I'm like, okay, it fits together. My biggest problem with this album had nothing to do with the song quality. It had to do with the mix. And let me put it why. Their vocalist was so far over the entire music and again their vocalist to me seems almost like an acquired taste he's very high very screechy and it's one of those vocalists where the first time you hear him you're like whoa what the hell is this and then like by the second song you're like i couldn't see anybody else doing these vocals so but at the same time i don't think the mix on the the mix on the album hurt the 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 album you ever you ever have that where you're listening to an album and like this would be awesome if they were to lower the vocals about two dB so he wouldn't just drown out the rest of the music, you yeah. know? Yeah. Or 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 other ways. Yeah. I, you know, you you hear 
you hear songs where it's all drums or something. It, it, listen to modern Mormon Angel records. Yeah, their last album, all you can hear is clicks with a little. It sounds like the guitars were down the hall. It, it's just it's just that clicky double bass sound. Yeah, the whole time. And you know it could be, and that's the thing. Like that's why I th- Heaven in the Dust was an awesome album. It was they're German, so of course the riffage is there. I believe they're German, if I remember right. But I, maybe I'm mistaken. I'm I don't know. Either way, but Heaven and Dust, awesome album. Definitely listen to it. Elm Street, The Great Tribulation, and I only got one more. Duff, um, you know. Although I, the last one on my list is is I think in your top ten, so maybe I should hold off on that. Uh, but Elm Street, The Great Tribulation. One of our listeners turned us on to Elm Street. Their last album was awesome. Again, it was one of those albums where, as awesome as it was, it just couldn't beat out anything in my top ten. I still recommend it fully. So that's my runners-up list. Duff, take it away and go with yours. I'm going to shop for records and yeah. spend recklessly and drink Jack Daniels. Um, I've got a couple that aren't on any of our lists. Um, the Where is it? I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. Um, Glory Hammer put out a cool record this year. I like Glory Hammer. I think they're fun. The album's not going to make my top 10, but it's not because it's not awesome. It's not top 10 because Glory Hammer to me is not a top 10 album band to me, but they're a lot of fun. So it's a record that I do go back to. Um, The new album by UDO, in other words, Udo Dirkschneider, it's called Touchdown. The, the, The cover sucks. The album's incredible. This is probably my number 11. Like, um, it was in my top 10 until I remembered something else. I was like, oh, wait, nope, that's it. So the the UDO album, it's, man, it's straight up like classic except. It's awesome. You know, I got to say one thing about, about Udo. The guy just doesn't put out bad material. He He's been around... You know, since the 70s, everything he did with Accept was great. His solo career has been awesome. Um, it's definitely a a worth listening to album. Um, you know, one that almost made my list this year, um, Rex, I would be – I'm double-checking. Okay, it's not. I wouldn't be surprised if this one would have been in contention for your top ten. Um the new album by Tomb Mold is really good. Um, they they have a, they have an album called The Enduring Spirit, mm-hmm. and if you've never heard Tomb Mold, they are awesome. And I, we had a conversation about them a couple episodes ago about how ridiculous it is that people make fun of them for wearing anime on their T-shirts. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember now. But I mean, dude, have you heard the album? It's flipping good. It is if if you Rex, if you haven't listened to it, I have. I was gonna say, like, yeah, you like, know, I, I've listened to their albums. You know, Tomb Mold is they're one of those bands, in my opinion. I like Tomb Mold in so much as I'm not gonna say anything bad about them. I think they're much more up your alley than my alley because, and, and I I don't know. It's hard to explain why I like them, but it's the same thing as I always say about about Bolt Thrower. I like Bolt Thrower. I have, you know, the Fourth Crusade and stuff, but you are more of a Bolt Thrower guy than I am. You know what I mean? Well, I'm a huge Bolt Thrower guy. Um, yeah. 
Like the I, when I listen to death like metal, autopsy. chuggy death metal isn't up my alley. I like fast death metal. Well, Tomb Mold is more like Autopsy. Um, yeah, they're. I think they're. I don't know. I, I I like Autopsy, but I don't know. Tomb Mold's one of the. Maybe I need to listen to them more. But I listened to uh, what? Well, not this last album. What was the one before that? It has like the bluish color. It's. Uh, I gotta look. Hold on. Yeah, I forget. I'm having a brain fart. You know, like I said, I'm not that into it. I but, I admit it. Yeah, it's uh Planetary Clairvoyance. Yeah, so like I listened to that album and I was like, it's cool, but like you know, and that, that's like, how I no, felt I, about their their last album too. I admittedly will say that it's because I saw them live. I saw them open for Cannibal Corpse, and it made me just pay more attention to them than I. Hey, it's the magic of that opening slot, you know. <sighs> there was a band who played before them that was just terrible, and Two Mold gets up and starts playing, and we're like. Hey, drummer doing vocals. Kind of sound like Autopsy. They don't really sound like Autopsy, but you can make that instant connection. Um, anyway, did not make my top 10. It didn't make my top 10 because I'm just not a huge fan, meaning it, I like it, but it, it's less my thing, I guess. I don't know. I'll put it this way. It's not my favorite album of the year. But anybody who puts it on their list, I think you're totally right. It's uh, it's an incredible record. There's also a band that I had never heard of until very recently. The band's called Moonlight Sorcery. And they have a record called Horned Lord of the Thorned Castle. I think I mentioned it a week or two ago. It's not on my top ten, but it's a record I think is worth checking out, if nothing else. I do want to mention, however... There are some really good live albums that came out this year. Um, Evergrey recently put out a um, a live record called From Dark Discoveries to Heartless Portraits, which I, um, I really like. Uh, the band Freedom Call put out a live album called The M-E-T-A-L Fest Live. It's just awesome. Freedom Call is a great band. Um, they have a song called Metal is for Everyone. Again, one of those songs it'd be hard to not just have a good time while listening to. And I will also add that legitimately one of my favorite releases of the year is Trouble in Their Double Lives by Cradle of Filth. It's their live album. It's absolutely incredible. There's also, there is a couple of studio tracks. One is called She Is Fire. One is called Demon Prince Regent that... They are their studio tracks that are on the new live album. They're absolutely incredible studio tracks. Like they would have, they would have very perfectly fit on the last album. I don't know if they were recorded then. I don't know if they were just songs I didn't. I don't know. But they were albums that would have been on the last album and are just as good as Cradle of Filth's last album, which is saying a lot if you ask me, because Cradle of Filth's last, that last album was amazing. Um. So uh, clearly, I can't count this on the list. But it's a really cool live album. Um, I love when when Danny Filth is like, "Welcome to our hive of scum and villainy." That's cool, and the 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 studio tracks on the record are great. So major, you know, major nod to the uh, Cradle of Filth record, Trouble in Their Double Lives. Um, for the record, in case you haven't figured out, we don't do live albums. So real quick before we get into our actual top ten. We say this every year, but let's throw out the rules really quickly. Hang on. I forgot to. Yeah. 
Two that I I couldn't mention because of your rules that you're about to say. Oh. Um, first of all, was Ghosts Phantomime. They did yep. some really cool covers on that. Like yep. the Jesus He Knows Me cover, which was originally by Genesis, and I know you like Genesis. Um, yeah. you know, they did a cover of Phantom of the Opera. You know, it was, it, we don't need another hero. I mean, come on. Any any band that's... And I don't care if you want to call them metal or not, but they covered Tina Turner for crying out. Like, they even did it before she died. Like, they... Which is kind of creepy because they literally released the album and a week later she died, which was kind of oh. weird. Um, the if other one... I, one of my songs, I wouldn't have much to look forward to either. <laughs> Just kidding. The other album I wanted to mention, again, because it's an EP and half of it was cover songs, was um, In Human Condition, their Panic Prayer album, they covered oh, Godzilla, sure, yeah. which was awesome, and then half of it was live. But go- their Godzilla cover, holy crap, that was awesome, um, really good. So I, sorry, I forgot to mention those because again, I excluded them because they were not eligible to be on the top ten. But I really do want, I really did want to mention them. So go ahead, I apologize. Right, go ahead, right, which, which is rules. why I mentioned you know the live album, right. the, the rules of the top ten, and remind me if I'm forgetting any. But the number one rule is it has to be a new studio album. Yep. Meaning it can't be a repressing or a re-recording of a previous album. It cannot be a live album, a collection, a greatest hits. It can't be an EP. While I'm aware there is a fine line between... A full length and EP, like you could say, Rain and Blood was whatever. Point being, we're talking an actual album, not a band putting out something with three or four songs on it. Right now, I'll say, I'll tell you what: if if you could include re-recordings, those two Cavalera albums would be on here of uh, Morbid if, Visions. If, if you could include the first, the, the the Cavalera conspiracy re-recordings of the first Dual Sepultura albums. Oh hell yeah! Bestial Devastation they, and Morbid Visions. Those are so good. They would be tied for number one on the on everybody's list. Yeah, they're they're. Oh, and by the way, I found out today that next to the United States, the country who listens to our show the most is Brazil. So um, they should be happy that we said. Hopefully, that. it's Crypta. Hopefully, hopefully that would be that would be fine. Fernanda, um, call me. <laughs> for, for well, no. The, the reason is, is how many women me. are in crypto? Four. <laughs> yeah. That's that. That brings our total to five. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, uh, like I said, our 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 female listener base is equivalent of a Rush concert. But I don't know. Uh, so I think you're so being no. generous there. But go ahead. <laughs> it's it just point being is, it has to be a new studio album. Right. We have never had an album make the. I don't know if we would say. If a band did a whole album of like 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 um um uh, the the Slayer album that was all covers, Undis- the, undisputed attitude. undisputed attitude, would that count? No, no, I would say no because it's literally just an album of covers. Despite the fact that it's a full length album and it, it did have one, albeit a pretty cool song, Gemini's Gemini. a cool song, yeah. Um, not a great song, but Gemini's a cool song. Anyway, so that's basically the rules. And the final, maybe the most important rule of all. We Well, well. by the way, we also need to point out. Well, no, I'll get to that. Maybe the most important rule of all. Albums do not make the list because we want the band to make the list. Nope. 
Here's a great example. You just mentioned Bloodletter. I remember the first year we did this show, they were it was the first or second year we did the show. They were like your album of the year. Yeah, Under the Dark Mark was I think it was our it's your still, first it's album still, of the year. It's still an all time for me. Like it's still one of my all time favorites and, for me. And we both oh dude, I love that band. I know you love that band. We both are are big on it. You know what? Actually, let me give you another example. I didn't mention this one either. I'm sorry, I forgot about this. I can't believe I forgot about this. But a band that I really like that we are that we have known a member of this band for 25 years. Yeah. Um is Quinn in the band Icarus Witch. Yep. I absolutely love Icarus Witch. I absolutely want to say that Icarus Witch deserves every bit of praise that I can give them. And I would say that if I didn't know a member of that band. Mm-hmm. However, it's not that Icarus Witch doesn't deserve to be in my top 10 because they do deserve to be in my top 10. They're not in my top 10 solely because there were just 10 other albums I listened to and liked more. So I am not and, purposely putting them in my list just to put them in my list. And that's what I said about, and, about, and, and, about and, and, Bloodletter. And trust me, yeah. this is a band that I have the world's most utmost respect for. I yes. love their new album, and it has boobs on the cover. And um, <laughs> I just remembered something. Go ahead. Now, I gotta fairness, tell. I gotta in, tell a joke fairness, when you're done. I liked their album before it more than maybe I like this one, but that's just because I liked the album before it so much. Um, <laughs> but dude, I'm just saying. <laughs> as as a point of a great example, I will always I will always say great things about that band. I love that band, and and Quinn, you know, Quigley's a great guy. So glad that so glad that they're doing well. Um, but the point is, we don't put bands on there just because of the band. I will give you another example. Just because they're a band we love, um, if Iron Maiden puts an album out, they're not automatically on the list because I want to include Iron Maiden. No, Senjutsu wouldn't have made my top 50 of the year. <laughs> the problem with Senjutsu is like 75% of that album is some of the best stuff they've ever done. And 25% of the album just puts me to sleep. Um, but no, so, you get my point, though. You get my point. Just, just because we like a band doesn't mean... In other words, we're just ranking it based on the albums we enjoyed the most. The last thing I'll say, Rex does a list and I do a list. We do not influence each other's lists. In fact, no, I, I didn't seen know it what his list now. was and he didn't know what mine was. Until literally, we copied and pasted it into a document. Right, and once it's here, it's carved in stone. Like Like, there's no. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that album. You know, I didn't know what what he was putting on his. He didn't know what I was putting on mine. And we only have four in common. Realistically, we have had years where we had zero in common. Yep. This year we have four in common, which is kind of cool. It says a lot for those. It says a hell of a lot for one of these albums, by the way, if you ask me. It says a hell. Two of them are like, well, duh, we both really like the band. One of these, to me, says a hell of a lot about that band, but that's besides the point. We'll get to there when we get there. Um, but Rex's list is Rex's list. My list is my list. This is not the definitive heavy metal. In other words, these aren't the heavy metal hangovers top tens. These are my top tens and your top tens. And the difference is and that's literally it's about each about each host of the show. It's not about the show. And also... Again, like we always say, these are our favorite. Yeah. Not what we are saying are the best because, again, 
Icarus Witch, dude, if you're making a list of the best albums of the year, Icarus Witch could absolutely be on that list. You know, Bloodletter could absolutely be on that list. Um, there's so many other albums that could totally be on that list because best is subjective. So it's just our favorite. And I guess the last thing, and I know there's a lot to mention, but I guess the last thing and say this. I think Rex some and I right would both is, some, agree. Some guy right now is sitting there going, fast forward, fast forward, fast, fast forward, forward, fast forward, fast forward. You know, it's like, it's like, come on, come on. I get it. The pizza guy showed up. I, I just want the money shot. Um, <laughs> yes, I yes. All- I ordered extra sausage. Now get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you ordered this with sausage, but extra meat. Oh, man. God. Uh, so I got one together. joke to tell with you when you're done with your spiel, and then we can go and then we can go ahead with our top. Drawn things. together was a treasure of a show. Yes, it was. But the last thing I'll say is, and Rex, you're going to agree with me on this. Oh, I am. Our top tens are today, and if you asked us a week from now, they'd probably be a little different. Oh yeah, my top I ten. Mean, literally, I made my top ten a week ago. I opened it up today, and I was like, "What was I thinking?" And I changed like two or I three. Mean, let's things, be so. fair. Seven or eight of our top tens would not change. Yeah. You know, but one or two of them might, and yeah. the order might, might swap around too. Yeah. But they are written down, they are set in stone, and we are going to go with it. Tell your story, then we're going to break into our top tens, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So it was funny, because today I uh, I sent you a link. You know, so whenever I see an album with boobs on the cover, I always send it to you. And I sent you a link today. Oh, and I got to yeah, tell this story for sure, but go ahead. What's that? I, I, have, I have a story to tell about this, but go ahead. Yeah, it's similar to what you're saying. I sent you, and I'm like, dude, you should get into cock and ball torture. And I was like, the band. <laughs> well, you, you sent me the record because it had boobs yeah. on the cover. And I was like, I was like, man, I'll never forget, like, a few years ago when I first started seeing my therapist, who I will gladly admit that I am a happier and healthier, more mentally stable person because of my, therap- my therapist, and I owe her the world. But I remember when she was talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, which I don't do, but... When she talked about it, she was like, yeah, she's like, you know, we could start discussing CBT. And I went, oh, my God, sorry. For a second, I thought you were you were you were literally saying I should start cock and ball torture. (laughs) Okay, okay. Anyway, um, I actually have not heard that band name in years. Nor have I. So, by the Um, way, I, I now thanks to me hitting purchase. I now own all of my top 10 on, well, I own, although I don't possess, I soon will possess all of my top 10 on vinyl. I will tomorrow see how many of mine I don't have, and I will order all the ones I don't have. There's at least one of these I really need to own. I already said number 10. Go ahead. The the problem is for me is um, I haven't, my, my, my stereo, my big stereo is in my basement. That way the pet's. You know, don't go near it, and it's better for me listening down here. But I've just been busy, and I haven't had a chance to come down here and listen to a lot of records. And you need to wear a coat. And I need to wear a coat. But I, I, I haven't listened to a lot of records lately because I, I normally I listen to them when I'm painting. You know, I paint Warhammer miniatures and stuff like that. Um, and Nerd. Actually, let's be fair. I'm kind of good at it. <laughs> but uh, they're, they all brag Nerd. about myself for a second. I'm pretty good at it. But uh, I, I, I actually have a bunch of records that I don't. I don't catalog them until I've opened them and listened to them and that sort of thing. So I, I, I know I have seven or eight of these. There's one or two that I think I don't have, but I, I need to check. Whatever the records of this list that I don't have, I'm totally buying because I I should I should own it. But anyway, all right. So an hour into the show, 
So whatever guy, somebody last year got their panties in a bunch because like, I wanted to hear your episode about a top 10 and it, I had to listen to the end to find out what it was. I'm like, dude, it was a three hour episode about our top 10. What do you think we did? Repeat, like say our top 10 and repeat a sample like it's a rap song? No. I mean, I understand where he's coming from. Like, I get it. Oh, he's wow. Like, I'm hey, surprised and you're number one. Go ahead. I, 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 I understand why I realize what he meant was just you guys banter too much because you get to the point. I know that a lot of people tell us that we are aware of that, but we also know what our show is and we know why people listen to it. So I will flat out say, and we make this show for us and the people that listen. And if the rest of the people don't like it, meh. And I don't know, honestly, we found out most of our listeners enjoy the comedy more than they enjoy the metal. So, and and. So one uh, whatever. So I mean, we it's funny because we can't we can't win because we tried both ways. We tried to make our show more focused and more like you know I want to say serious but more focused. And people come people complain. They're like, oh, I liked all the funny stories and goofball behavior. We do the goofball behavior and funny stories, and people tell us that we're not focused enough. So it's like, whatever. We're just gonna do what we we find fun. We're we're gonna take the Andy Kaufman approach. We're going to do just, stuff that entertains us. If you're entertained, great. If not, there's plenty of other podcasts. You out know there. what? I, yeah, I, I'm totally with it, man. I'm just going to get schlitzed and Me be too. a scumbag. So why don't we get started? And I'm, I'm going to let, let you start with your number 10. Yeah, I, I accidentally already started because I accidentally said the name of the album. So Cattle Decapitation's Terrasite is actually my number 10. And I juggled this with Blood Letters last album uh, back and forth. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you and I talked about this before with Death Atlas, where one of our listeners told us, you need to listen to Death Atlas. Like, if you haven't listened to Death Atlas, you need to Which listen to it. Which is the album before this one. For the album before that. this. And you and I were, you and I remember Cattle Decapitation from when they very first came out. Um, we were we were doing the radio show. I think it was back then. And we, I was just like, you know, I'm not really into them. And, you know, again, they don't suck. They're not bad. I just wasn't into them. But then, yeah, one of our listeners was like, no, listen to Death Atlas. And we did. And we were like, holy crap, like this band is amazing. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I yeah. listened to Terrasite, I was like, it's good, but it's not as good as Death Atlas. And, uh, and you for know, the, it's for the record. Right. And I, I kind of like put it on the shelf, so to speak. It, it was their album to serve man, which if you if you look at the cover, you'll immediately know which one I'm talking about. The, the thing for me is they were coming out with a lot of bands in that genre. Now, let me clarify I pay, something. I always compare. See, you know what, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying. Cattle Decapitation, although they're different bands, I don't know why. For some reason, I always lumped them in with Pig Destroyer. No, I was, I was literally about to say that. The thing about this at the time, now... What people need to realize before they get their panties in a bunch, again, with panties being in bunches, they, you, you have to realize that in the early 2000s, we played in a band. So we were kind of doing our own thing. But we also worked at the radio station. And what would happen is you would get an industry push that all of a sudden, 10 bands in a kind of genre would end up on your desk at the same time. So while Cattle Decapitation and Pig Destroyer may or may not have 
anything to do with each other in any way. They were pushed to us around the same time. They were pushed to us um, by the same promoters because their first album. Okay, so the first Cattle to Cat was oh two. The the it's actually the second Pig Destroyer album, but the first Pig Destroyer album that like ever got any push was the one that uh, Paul Booth did the cover of. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. Look at that was 2001. And I'll like, be honest relapse, with you. You know, it was just, we got a lot of push of these bands all at once. So I will blatantly admit that I listened to Cattle Decapitation long enough to go, okay. And I'm pretty sure, actually, that we played something. I'm pretty sure we played something. No, I know for a fact we played Cattle Decapitation. And And I know for a fact we played Pig Destroyer, too. And look, tastes change, too. We could have heard Cattle Decapitation at a time when we were in a thrash metal band. I will say this, though. I really want to quickly say this. Pig Destroyer's The Octagonal Stairway, the song The Calvary off of that is freaking awesome. Love that song from 2020. Um, So I'm not crapping on Pig Destroyer and saying I don't like some of their stuff, too. But yeah, you're right. Cattle Decapitation... You know, for whatever reason, maybe I would, you know, we also talk about how you can hear a band a hundred times and be like, yeah, it's not my thing. And then that hundred and first time something clicks and you're like, I get it now. And I think that's maybe what Death Atlas did was Cattle Decapitation could have been the same band from the first album up through Death Atlas. It's just I wasn't ready to hear Cattle Decapitation until I heard Death Atlas. Um, And what I was saying about Terracite was that. Again, it was one of those weird albums where I listened to Terracite and I'm like, okay, it's good. It's not as good as Death Atlas. But then it was one of those things where I put it on and I was like, I got to give this another listen because it came out this year. And I'm listening to it. And I'm, I'm like just doing I'm like working at the same time as I'm listening to it because that's really the only time I get to listen to music. Um, really sit and listen to music. I was just telling you about that today. But I'm like listening to it and I'm like listening and I'm actively listening to it. And I keep finding myself drawn into it. And I'm like. I don't know what I was thinking the first time I heard this, but this is an amazing album. And the more I listened to it, and it would just loop, and I I just get pulled right back into it. And I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. And and again, maybe it was I was just not in the mood to listen to Cattle Decapitation when Terracite came out. But I'm like, holy crap! Like this is an amazing album. And it was really good. So you, I ordered you had Terracite a Godfather now. Three moment. You know what I mean? What's that? Just when I thought I was, just when I thought I was out, they yeah, pulled they me pulled back me back in. in. Yeah. So no, I, I I just you know, Terracite was one of those albums that the only reason I didn't buy it was because it was like ex- super expensive. Um, like I just said, I, I found a decent price on it now, so I ordered it. So I soon will have it on vinyl in addition to a couple other albums that actually I found good prices on. Um, so yeah, Terracite, Cattle Decapitation is my number ten, and uh, good stuff. And what's funny about your number ten, I never in a million years would have pictured this band on your top ten. You know, well, I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have thought you would have picked that either. Um, your as cattle decapitation as your top ten either. But admittedly, when I threw my list out, I was like, "Oh crap, I forgot about this one." Um, I have actually legitimately listened to this album. I don't know, twenty five times. I'm actually rather shocked how many times I've listened. Honestly, I'll say who it is in a second. I have probably listened 
to this album more than half of my top 10 list. It's a short album. It's only like 30. I think, it's, I, think I just looked. It was 37 minutes. So it's a short album. So that helps. But, you know, you said that, it, you know, how it was um, an album that you could just kind of like put on. It's so weird to think of like Cattle Decapitation as a band that you can just kind of put it on and just zone out and enjoy it, right? It doesn't sound like it makes sense. Well, my number 10 is what what you said about Cattle Decapitation. I'm going to say the exact same. Th- everything you just said about Cattle Decapitation. I'm going to say the exact same thing about my number 10, which is Dying Fetus's album, Make Them Beg for Death. I've never been a fan of this band. But a few years ago, I started watching videos of them live, and I kept going, they're really good, aren't they? <laughs> like, I, I wasn't really getting into it, but I, God, I thought they were really good. Now, in fairness, this band was not always a three-piece. They had, like, five guys in the band. Sometime in the last 10 or 15 years, they became a power trio, which I think the best thing this band ever did. And I kept fighting. And, and, and for the record, if you go back and you listen to me talking about Vakken before I went to Vakken, Dying Fetus was on my short list of bands I most wanted to see at Vakken this year. I was I had them scheduled on my app. Like, this is a band that I'm going to make sure I see. And the reason is, is because how tight they are live. It's First of all, let's be fair about something. The tightest bands are power trios. Almost all the time. Almost all the time. Pantera was tight. I get it. You know, Phil didn't play an instrument, so they weren't a trio. But Diamond Vinny were brothers, so that changes the direction a little bit. But if you look at power trios, right? They're just they're tight because the whole when you play in a power trio, everybody has to work together all the time. Rush, King's X, ZZ Top, Macabre. Macabre is a power trio. Never had a never had a lineup change. Say what you want about Macabre. They're tight as all hell. Well, Dying Fetus is tight as all hell. So they were so one the, one of the reasons that they're on my top ten, admittedly, was because I kept hearing about how good they were, and I kept watching videos of how how of them live and thinking they were really good, and I was looking forward to seeing them at Vakken again. Don't get me started on Vakken, but had I been able to see Vakken this year, they were a band I wanted to watch, and I was really looking forward to being like, man, I I, I was willing to guarantee that I was going to walk away from Vakken saying they're, they're like my new they're my new favorite band because I was so excited to see them and I didn't, but. Their album came out in September. Remember, Vakken was early August. So when the album came out, I was like, well, I was looking forward to seeing them. I might as well listen to it. Man, dude, my mind was straight up just blown. This album is flipping amazing. I totally agree with Rex when he was, you know, we we both agree that the vocals sometimes sound like booger in uh, <laughs> um, uh, in Revenge of the Nerds, you know, when he's just burping. But in fairness, the vocals aren't like that the whole time. They are in parts, but they aren't always. Um, by the way, I will say this. I've always said that I will give a vocalist credit. I, I will let a vocalist go with not having great vocals if they're at least playing an instrument. Like, if you're playing an instrument and your vocals are kind of lazy, you're monotone, like, it's a little different. At least you're playing an instrument. And what they're doing is super technical and hard to do. Um, but, man, admittedly, 
I've I've been I've been I wrote this band off a million years ago, you know, twenty years ago at least. Again, with Cattle Decapitation and Pig Destroyer and all those bands, we got thrown at us. Again, Dying Fetus is nothing like those bands, but they were thrown all at us at the same time. And I was never really into them. It took a few years. The last few years, I've been watching countless videos of them playing live and just thought they were awesome. So this is the first time, maybe, that a new Cattle Decap or excuse me, a new Dying Fetus record came out that I was anticipating it coming out because I really wanted to listen to it. So maybe like you did with Cattle Decapitation, this new Dying Fetus, maybe I listened to it. No, I did. I listened to it with a different set of ears. Or maybe I listened to it closer. But it's legitimately an incredible album. Like or dislike Dying Fetus, I get it. And I mean, dude, if you're not into like extreme death metal, you're really not going to like it. Um, but again, it would be like with, like with you, Rex. It's like... Um, I said I didn't like the new Cattle Decapitation. I very well might go back and listen to it. Now that it's on your top ten, I will definitely go back and re-listen to it. Um, I might find I like it more, too. This is an album, you know, it, if you were to go back and give this, give this some more time, maybe it's one that you would really like, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting that our, our, ta- our number tens are both very similar in the perspective of their bands we wrote off um, or, or we weren't into, but something just sparked our... Um, sparked our attention. So anyway, my number 10 is Dying Dying Fetus Make Them Beg for Death. I think if you like Dying Fetus, you already like this album. If you like death metal, you like really heavy technical death metal, I would say, dude, check it out. It's good. Yeah, I I tried to listen to Dying Fetus. I just couldn't get into it. Um, Dying Fetus has always been one of those bands that I know everyone loves. A lot of people are really into them. I don't know. It's just something about him I just can't get into. Um, and again, but it, it, for when, me though, when, it was watch. It was watching all those live videos of theirs that I was yeah. like, oh god, these guys are cool. That I, it kind of can't listen to a studio to album based on a live performance though. Usually, unless no, unless no, no, something no. about the studio, unless something about the live performance like makes me like the studio album. You know, I guess what what I more mean is their live performances really helped me appreciate them. So when I went yeah. and listened to the album. I was listening to the album with a different set of ears. And I'm not saying you're wrong, of course. No, no, I just mean that like, that's what happened. I'm just saying, like, hey, I'm just dude, saying, I like, you know, Dying Mold. Fetus is, is one of those bands that, like, I've tried. I've tried because so many people like them. So many people are into them. And I've, I've tried and tried and tried to get into them. And it's just something about them I just can't get into. And, you know, well, I mean, that's that's I, fine. I mean, you know, I, there's been a lot of people who don't like something about whatever. Um, but, you know, I mean, hey, I said I, this about Tomb Mold, though. Had I not seen them live, I probably would have listened to 10 seconds and been like, meh, typical death metal. But I saw them yeah. live and I was like, oh, these guys are worth they're worth my time. And my interest was sparked already. So it made yeah. me pay a look, little closer attention, I guess. Do you know what's funny about both of our talent number 10s? We talk about this a little bit. Both of their names, both of the names of the bands are both names that would make me say, Probably not something I'm going to be into. It has nothing to do with like, oh, it's violent. Oh, it's it's screwed up. Blah, blah. It has to do with the fact of when I see those two names, the Cattle Decapitation, Dying Fetus, I immediately think of like grind. You know yep. what I mean? Well, like, they both kind of sort of are, but. Nah, I would not put Cattle Decapitation in the grind category, but like, 
I, I mean, I'm I dying fetus. I don't. I'm not familiar enough with them. But like, I immediately think of all. All is is blast beats and somebody going. Like that's what I immediately think of. And like, I know that there's more to both of those bands than that. I think of pig squeals with both names. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I think of. You know, like that's what I think of is. So I don't know. And again, we've talked about this before. Look, I'm not criticizing either one of their names, of course, but it's one of those things where. Again, Pig Destroyer is a perfect example. Now, I like the song The Calvary. I, I When I heard The Calvary, I'm like, I love this song. This is so awesome. I tried to go back and listen to Pig Destroyer, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like anything else by Pig Destroyer except The Calvary. I don't know what it is about that song. Um, and again, I'm not saying it sucks. I'm not saying, you know, oh, it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. If you like Pig Destroyer, awesome, dude. I hope, I hope you go see him, and I hope you love listening oh. to Pig Destroyer. That's great. Not my thing. But like I, the Cadillac Capitation, Dying Fetus, like I see band names like that, and I automatically think, oh, they're probably going to be like you said, wee, you know, you like know, that, you know, whatever. Let me say this about Dying Fetus, though: they wouldn't be a band you would expect to have a completely legible logo. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. You would expect them to have a Spooge logo that you can't understand. Now, Cadillac Capitation so, does have one of those ridiculously stupid logos. It's fifty-fifty, which is ironic because Pig Destroyer is like literally like block lettering. Yeah, dying fetus is like block lettering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 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 but uh, and anyway, you know, hey, hey, look, folks, a, a band. Neither band is new, by the way. Yeah, cattle decapitation. You can read. It's just they took all the letters and like stretched them. Like it's, it's not like it's not like you know a, a certain other bands that are on your list where you like have to like look them up to find out who the now, hell they in are. In fairness. Both of these bands have been around for more than 20 years. Oh, so, yeah. So neither of these bands are new, but they are very new school in the world of metal well. for the two of us to have on our list. So my number nine is actually on your list as well. It and is. Normally what happens is when when one of us has one of our picks lower than the other, we just wait oh. because it's stupid to have... One of us talk about it, and then like 20 minutes later, the other one talk about it. So my number nine, I'm going to hold on till you get to your number, whatever it is. So go ahead and talk about your number nine. All right. My number nine should be on your list, and it's not. You're going to so you skip. Need- wow. You're going to skip two. <laughs> um, My number nine should be on your list, and you need to move. So, you know, that I, I understand that, and, you know, that's actually it was originally on my list. Um, your number nine was original. Why don't you say what it is, and then we'll talk okay. about it. So, the problem with Rex right now is he <laughs> lives in the state of New Jersey and has not include, o- included Overkill on his list. Um, so, Overkill should have actually been one of well, over. You know what? I'll tell you this. Overkill was one of my honorable mentions I that I, I did not it was on my list, say. Right. So Overkill was originally on my top 10, but then I went back and listened to everything and Scorched was a good album, but it was again, it was just one of those albums where I could not justify bumping something for it. You know why it's on my album or it's on my list? It was different. Yes, it was. It you actually told me different. when I when I first got it, you're like, I'm not sure if you're going to like it. And I actually did. I remember the one song sounded like Holy Diver. I'm like, mm-hmm. the new Overkill, what I like. Dude, it is Overkill. Yes, it is. 
it is there's no question that it's overkill which reminds me that um uh we we totally did one of those heavy metal hangover you give me a record to listen to and i listen to it and you gave me one uh and i listened to it and we keep forgetting to bring it up but we'll we'll do it next week um because the band is a lot like overkill if you know what i'm talking about yes um, but look like the thing about overkill is well, they're named after a Motorhead song, and they're very much like Motorhead, where they've aged, but have never really changed. I wear Motorhead, and we play rock and roll. I mean, sure. You listen to any band across decades, the albums aren't going to sound the same. But to be fair, you know. In 35 years, Overkill hasn't changed. They've, you know, maybe gotten a little better at songwriting or whatever, but they haven't changed, dude. There there are some bands where you can hear them 30 years later and go, yep, that's Overkill. That's Overkill. But what I appreciate, I've always appreciated about them, they've never really stylistically changed. They're not a band who went through... Oh, this was our clean vocals era. This was our short hair and frosted tips era. Overkill has been overkill from day one. Whether or not it helped them or hurt them, they refused to ever do anything but be who they are. And by that, I mean Bobby Blitz and Dee Dee. I mean, Dee Dee writes the music. Bobby writes the lyrics and vocal lines and stuff like that. But one thing I do appreciate them with them, though, is if it seems like they're putting out a couple of albums in the row that feel like they're repeating themselves, they'll go in there and bring something fresh to it. I don't really I mean it's it's a weird thing to try to describe. It's like I'm saying the band has really never changed, but they do freshen things up from time to time without making any major changes. Oh, you're right. Cannibal Corpse does that. There, there's a lot of bands that do that. Overkill is just one that's good at it. Would you say that they're a peanut butter and jelly band? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Overkill's a peanut butter and jelly band. And what we mean by that is, is one time a friend of mine referred to, I think a friend of mine, maybe maybe it was a magazine, whatever. No matter where you go, no matter where you go, you can order a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you know what you're going to get. And that's kind of like we say Cannibal Corpse is a peanut butter. So when we say peanut butter and jelly band, it's when they release an album, you know it's you know exactly what you're getting. It's like basically the polar opposite of a Lizzie Borden album. <laughs> yeah. It, look, Overkill is unapologetically Overkill. <laughs> I just made a Dennis Miller joke. I know. <laughs> but they are unapologetically Overkill. But... There were some things on this record that I'd never heard from them before. Without, it's like they they stay in their lane, but that doesn't mean they can't do things they've never done before. You know, it's not like going from Master of Puppets to Injustice for All to the Black Album to Load. You know, where every one of them sounded like a different band. Yeah. It's overkill through and through, but... Something about this record just really appealed to me 
again, adding that little bit of freshening it up a little bit. It's, again, it was kind of refreshing. It was like, wow, not only is this an awesome Overkill record, but I wanted to go back and keep listening to it because I felt like it was Overkill, but there was just something else. I was like, wow, that's cool. I, I, I don't know. I kept going back to it. It's a really fun album. It's really good. You know, Overkill are, you know, they're the best at what they do. You know, in the world of thrash metal bands, like legit thrash metal bands, they're the most consistent of any of them. No other thrash metal band really was consistently, who, who like, every other thrash metal band changed a lot. They didn't. They stuck with their guns. They did the ACDC. They did the 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 the, the Motorhead. I mean, think of all the thrash metal bands for the 80s, all the big staples. They all went through stylistic changes over the year. Testament, as much as I love Testament, they went through stylistic changes. Maybe not nearly as much as, let's say, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallicus. I mean, maybe not. But Overkill, man, they just kept putting it out. I mean, you listen to this album, and I don't know. Um, listen to Horoscope from 19-whatever, 90 or 91 or whatever that came out. Dude, it, it's the same band. I mean, you're, you're not going you're, you're to question anything. It, so the, it's awesome, but it's kind of refreshing. Um, absolutely recommend it. Yeah, if, you, if you've uh, not heard the new Overkill, it's worth your time. It, look, is it going to make you an Overkill fan if you're not an Overkill fan? No. If you don't like Overkill, this is not going to change your life. But if you like Overkill, but you're like a lot of people and you're just like, oh, I'll put it this way. This is not a, oh, look, it's a new Overkill. You know, we say that all the time. Bands put on a new album, and the only way you can describe it is, well, it's a new album of theirs. I don't think that's the case with this album. This is not just another Overkill album. It's a every few albums, they really kind of lighten things, freshen it up, whatever you want to call. You know, it's like after every couple albums, they take a bath and decide that they... You know, should probably smell good or something. I don't know. Um, it's a great album. I love the new Overkill. I know you did. And I know some friends of ours really liked it too. So that's my number nine. Anyway. Uh, you're on your number eight. My number eight. Oh, my number eight is actually a band that um, I remember back again from our radio days. Um, this is a band that actually disappeared, as far as I remember, disappeared for a while. Um, and this was, I think, a return to form for them. They were gone for a while, and now they're back. And I could be mistaken on that. But you and I played Blood Rapture back in the day on the radio show, which was an awesome, uh, by Vomitory. The new album yep, called All Heads Are Gonna Roll is awesome. It's... <sighs> I don't want to call it old school death metal, but it's kind of like in between old school and new school death metal. Um, uh, I mean, they're a really cool band, Vomitory. And it's funny because they're another band where you see their name and you're going to think, wee, but Swedish no. death metal, though, man. What's that? They're Swedish death metal. Exactly. I, I Look, I'm a sucker for Swedish death metal. I mean, going back to Entombed. You know, going back to... I, 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 I am just a complete, you know, grave, all those bands. It's funny, actually, I... Uh, 
I was walking into Target one day, and I had my Nightmare on Elm Street 3 t-shirt on, and a guy was like walking past who worked at Target, and he stopped and he goes, hey, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I looked at his hat, and I said, hey, Grave, <laughs> and he was wearing a Grave hat, and it was cool, one of those, I was like, oh, dude, I love Swedish death metal, and it, you know, it's another one of those things where... No, we didn't cuddle for a little bit. We didn't cuddle. No, it's it's not. But it was another one of those like you know. I always I oh yeah, and I know you do too. We always have those stories where it's like, you know, there's that video out there on YouTube where it's like we're two metalheads. See, one guy's wearing I think a and I actually think it was like a cattle decapitation shirt or something like that, and the other guy's wearing an Iron Maiden shirt, and they're both in a convenience store, and they turn and both see one another at the same time, and like in their heads. They're like running through a field together and they're like riding a tandem bike. And, and it's funny because like we have those interactions like as and Shirley or something. Yeah, they did like something like that. So we have those interactions as metalheads and I love it. It's funny how you could see something so stupid as, a, you know, something so innocuous as a T-shirt. Like I'm, I'm wearing my I, I sent you a picture today. I'm wearing my Darkest Day of Horror by Mortician shirt today. Um, it's one of my now it, that and my deceased shirt, which I just ordered two of my out my long sleeve or two of my favorite shirts. Um, Wait, did any did any women with pit hair stop you and be like, I like no, that no, too. no, no, no women with oh. pit hair. No, generally speaking, when I wear a metal shirt, no women at all stop me with or without pit hair. Um, and if they do, they're not the kind you want. Well, that, no, just none. I mean, like, you know, beggars that, can't. That, that's be Rex saying he'll take what he can get. You know, I was saying beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Like, yeah. But anyway, so um, not what I'm saying. So anyway, I'm I'm being facetious. But um, so I don't know. Vomitory is one of those bands that like I don't know. Again, I I remember hearing them from back in the day, and I kind of followed up with them, and I got a few of their albums on vinyl. I bought I ordered them from Metal Blade. Um, they disappeared for a while, but they came back this year, and they came back in a big way with All Heads Are Gonna Roll. Because man, this album is awesome. Um, I really enjoyed any Swedish death metal I'm going to be a sucker for, but this in particular is really good Swedish death metal. Um, it's funny because I'm still flirting with the idea of buying an HM2 pedal. And and it's funny because I don't even play Swedish death metal at all. Like I, I don't play any of it, but I feel like I should own one just because of how much I love Swedish death metal. Um, I have like the knockoff version because for, for those of you who don't know the Swedish death metal sound, the guitar sound that 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 like, like that, they call it the Swedish chainsaw is what they call it. There's a hundred pedals that do it now, but back in the day when Entomb started, when they came out with Left Hand Path, they played through an old PV combo amp with a pedal called the Boss HM2, and they literally turned everything to ten. So if you listen to Left Left Hand Path, that's an HM2 pedal with everything turned to ten. Through a PV combo amp, a solid state PV combo amp. In other words, a and piece of crap amp, a, a piece of crap pedal, complete, crank it up and, and do it. People hated that pedal. Like, okay, look, some glam bands used it to put a little boost on their solos and stuff. Turn that amp. Turn, it's funny because anybody in their right mind would have listened to that guitar sound and said, this sounds terrible. Then you put it on left-hand path and you're like, this is amazing. And it defined a genre. Look, look, I'm not saying Entombed was the first to do it because I'm sure there's some band out there that said, we did that before Entombed. We were the first to do it. Whatever. I know Left Hand Path. Whatever. It defined a genre. So that sound, that chainsaw guitar sound that is so associated with Swedish death metal is done with a Boss HM2 pedal, turned everything to 10. I when they, you know, When the HM2 for a long time was out of production, 
and it literally pedals an original HM2 pedal missing three knobs would go on would be on sale for like five hundred dollars. Right. So I got a knockoff. Um, uh, I got a knockoff thank of one. Thank you, knockoff pedal. Yeah, thank you, knockoffs. And and it's not illegal to actually do this. So it's not like I'm like you know stealing from Boss or anything. Um, it's another reputable electronic company that put it out, Behringer. And I remember I actually recorded a Swedish death metal, you know, funny like Swedish death metal, whatever, um, where I just yelled watermelon over and over again. But um, it was fun to do. But I feel like I should own a legit HM2. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put that on my Christmas list. Um, but yeah, you know, Vomitory again, it's an, an awesome Swedish death metal. I'm a sucker for Swedish death metal. Um, I think that's the only Swedish death metal on my list. But we're going to talk a little bit about more about some kind of Swedish death metal soon. Um, but, uh, not actual Swedish death metal. So vomitory, all heads are going to roll my number eight. I suggest you give it a shot. If you like it at whole Swedish death metal or even just death metal. So looks like your number eight and seven are on my list higher. So, so I'm going to talk about seven. I'm just going to go right into my number seven, which is not on your list. And I've got to be honest with you. I'm surprised. Yeah. It almost, you know what? It, th- this was, it was almost. It was a toss-up. I the, honestly, the reason like it was almost where Dying Fetus was at my number ten, but I just listened to that Dying Fetus a bunch of times. I kept, I just kept wanting to listen to it, and and I'll be here's my thing. Here's my thing about your numbers. Well, talk about it, and I'll tell you why it's not on my list. All right. So Despite my number seven it, is there's one reason it's not on my list. My number seven is KK Priest. KK's Priest. The Sinner Rides Again. So you and I talked about how the first KK's Priest album we weren't very impressed by like it's not that we thought it sucked it was just kind of like it sounded like kk went back to his old judas priest demos and was like yeah here's some song here's some stuff i kind of liked let's just throw it together on an album and put ripper on vocals this kk's priest album sounds like jugulator priest and i know that's gonna be (sighs) divisive because there is a lot of judas priest fans that hate jugulator that hate demolition there's a lot of priest fans that love those two albums. You and I are in the camp that we love in the very least. We love jugulator and don't think demolition well, is as bad you know as though, people say it is not liking jugulator is not liking that. It's a Judas priest album. What I mean is like, I, I think it would be hard pressed for someone to say they don't like the album. If you took Judas Priest's name off of it. Yeah. It's like we always say about load. It's a terrible Metallica album. It's an awesome album. So I think, I think like, this being like that without being the new Priest album. Plus, a lot of people didn't like it because Halford left. Mm-hmm. This is not that. You know what I mean? This is tapping in to a lot of the great stuff they did without it trying to be something it isn't. Yeah, you know, this KK's Priest album sounds like... <clears throat> This this sounds like he actually look, I'm not saying that KK's first album was quote unquote phoned in, but this album to me sounds like he actually put work like it sounds if this was his debut, I'd say, holy crap, KK's KK's Priest is giving Judas Priest a run for its money. Their their first album was more like it sounds like KK just wanted to put an album out. This album sounds like he actually wanted yeah. to do something as a band. It's, you know it's what I mean? The, the first album sounded like a one-off. 
Yeah, the first album sounded like, oh, it sounded like, well, it's oh, like a so, like a side so Glenn left and you're not going to ask me to rejoin? Well, I'll show you. This album sounds like he actually wants to be making music again. Yeah, it's, you know? it's a pretty incredible album. And it sounds good. Ripper's in good form. I mean, Ripper yeah. never does never does bad. No. You right. know, Ripper, Tim is a, you know, he Tim doesn't Holmes. have great stage presence and the shadow boxing needs to go. <laughs> but he's an absolutely incredible vocalist. Yeah. I mean, I've said multiple times on this show that I saw the very first date of the Glorious Burden tour with Iced Earth. So I saw the first concert Iced Earth played with Tim Owens. And he sang, you know, Declaration Day and um and uh uh High Watermark and he sang those songs and dude he nailed every damn note and you're going Holy crap. I mean the guy is the guy's absolutely incredible. The writing is incredible. The only reason this is not on my top ten. It's an incredible album. My problem, it's not a problem. No, let me let me rephrase that. I don't have a problem with the record. I think it's an awesome record. What kept it off my top 10? Well, okay. Why did Dying Fetus make my top 10 and this didn't? Which band am I really more into? It, clearly KK Priest. Which band is more a style I like? KK Priest and uh, for sure. You know, do I think KK Priest is a great album? Yeah. Is it better than a Dying Fetus album? Maybe. I don't know. The problem is, is like Dying Fetus made it mainly because it's like, I don't know. I got excited and just kind of wanted to listen to it. And I kept wanting to listen to it. My only problem with the KK Priest record was I kept finding myself like being like, I should listen to KK Priest. Nah, I'll just listen to Jugulator. I, I just kept not listening to it again because when I would start the album, it would just make me want to listen to other stuff. Maybe that's a huge compliment. Maybe that I think the album brings me back to some to Jugulator and things like that, and that's a huge compliment, and it is a huge compliment. But what kept it off my list was I just didn't listen to it very often. I listened to it once or twice. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. I just don't go back to it. And that is not a reflection on the album because the album's incredible. It just, it's the kind of album that makes me want to listen to other stuff more than listen to it. But I agree with you, man. Uh, they're, they're, in, they're in top form, for sure. Like, I would give the record a 10 out of 10, I mean, for sure. No, I really enjoyed it. And it was I one of those albums where enough. the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. Um, that's why I ranked it so high. Now, again, tomorrow you might ask me, and I might slide Cattle Decapitation up to number, number seven and leave KK's Priest where it is. Yeah, I might do the same thing. I might, I might change something and put it on tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I listen to KK's Priest and I'm like, I really like this album. I really like the sound of it. Um, I'm happy I picked it up. And that's that's that. So number six is your seven. Your number eight is my five. So I don't know where we're going from. All right. So why don't we do (laughs) we can go. We're all screwed up over the next like three, three of yours. 
All right, so why don't I do – well, I could do my number six next. Why don't we do – why don't we – okay, why don't we talk about – If I do just, my number six, then that'll also be Why don't nine. we talk about corpse? What the hell? Why, let's just talk about corpse. Okay, you, so I, my – Because I don't want to do three in a row because I've been talking for a long all time. All right, so let me, let me do this. My number 10 was Dying Fetus. My number nine is Overkill. My number eight is the new Cannibal Corpse with Chaos Horrific. And that's my number five. Which is your number five album. I promise when we're done, we will read these in order. Yeah. I don't when know. We're, when we're finished. <laughs> this is my safe one. This is just my safe edition. I have actually not. This is probably the album on my top ten I've listened to the least. Not, it's weird. Like I said, Dying Fetus is on there, not because I think it's the best, just because I listen to it a lot. I think I listen to Corpse the least out of everything on my top ten. And I think it's just because it's safe. <laughs> when did Cannibal Corpse become safe? You know what I mean? They're like the, oh, it's Cannibal Corpse. I ain't that cute. It's just, it is. It's just kind of my safe answer. It's, they're the, I mean, I, I agree when we said they're a peanut butter and jelly band. Dude, I can throw this album on anytime. It's like, yep, it's Corpse and it's cool. How the hell, what else do I say about the record? Like, I hate my, I hate that my review of this album is, it's Corpse and it's cool because it's Corpse and it's cool. Maybe you have a lot more to say about it than I do. But sadly, that's kind of my my review of the album. It's Cannibal Corpse, and it's cool. Sorry, folks. You're welcome to add away, as this is my number eight, but it's much higher up on your list. Oh, you're asking? Okay. Oh, I'm asking you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying literally my entire review is it's Corpse, and it's cool. You know, honestly, I don't, I don't, you know, I hate saying it's a that, good, dude, it's I a good, sol it's review. a solid corpse album. That's, I mean, you know, it's funny because my, 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 these two are grouped together and truthfully for me, they're interchangeable because for both of them. And as when I say two, my six and my five, my six and my five, and my seven are and my your eight. eight and your seven. And I they're interchangeable for me because exactly what you said, they are both good representations of their particular bands. And I love both bands. And, and I know that seems kind of unfair because you're saying like, well, you like both bands and you said it wasn't about beat which bands you were choosing, but I like both bands. So yeah, they're going to be my favorites. You well, know, like that's just how it works. This isn't, I didn't put Cannibal Corpse on my list because I like Cannibal Corpse. This was not a, I like Cannibal Corpse, so I'm just going to put their album. This is not, I like Metallica, so I'm going to pretend I like this album. No, you know, like Chaos Horrific is a good Cannibal it's Corpse It's just a album. great Cannibal Corpse. I like Cannibal Corpse. And they gave me exactly what I like about Cannibal Corpse. Dude, and what's nuts, I'm seeing three of, and I, don't, I know we're not trying to spoil this, I'm seeing three of your top ten at one show. Yeah. That's cool. nuts. Um, and I, so I, I hate to throw that out as a, as a lame-ass review, but it's a lame-ass review. No, um, and I, I, look, Chaos Horrific, it's, it's solid. Like, look, I will say this. Is it? I think I. I don't think they've topped Red before Black yet. Just like I don't think they topped Torture until Red before. And I, I don't even know if Red before Black I, topped Torture. 
as much as like I think Red Before Black was an insanely good album. Torture was an I insanely totally good album. But I don't think they've released a bad album in between any of those. I just think it's a with 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 Cannibal Corpse, it's not so much good, bad, good, bad as much as peaks and valleys. You have this is a Cannibal Corpse album, and this is an exceptional Cannibal Corpse album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, Torture was hard to beat. I don't know. Red Before Black, like, oh, that's like one of my favorites. I like Evisceration, I like Evisceration Plague and Torture a lot. Skeletal Domain is good. I li- Skeletal Before- Domain, I like a handful of songs off of it more so than I like the album. Oh. Uh. Like, dude, Killer Become is, like, one of my favorite Cannibal Corpse songs, period. They're just... But... Again, I am not putting it on there because default Cannibal Corpse goes on my list. Which is, in fairness, why it's my number eight. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just... Cannibal Corpse is the kind of band where if they give you what you want, you're going to like it. (laughs) They give the people what they want. So why don't we we also bring in talking about your number... So we'll talk about the other one... And Your number we'll seven, do, my number six. Why don't we do this? I'll t- we'll talk about your number nine and your number six, and then we'll recap what our ten through sixes are, and then we'll go from there because then it's a little bit easier. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, my number seven, which is your number six, I promise you, we will unconfuse you in a minute. Uh, is "Dying of Everything" by Obituary. I now this album I absolutely love. This is my favorite obituary album in a long time. See, I don't. For me, it's like this album really hit me. See, for me, it didn't top their still their self titled, like their self titled from a couple years ago, or I don't even know how many years. My God, it was already like five or six years ago. Holy crap! It doesn't seem that long ago Dude, since I, their self titled came out. I read someone online. They were like, there was an article about why obituary takes a long time to write albums. And someone rent, someone typed like, "Well, I, I would I would expect a band who's I would expect a band with members whose last name is Tardy to not necessarily be on time with their albums." <laughs> My like, God, their last album was six years ago. Yep. Wow. Which, by it the way, I love that album, like but I'm with you that the ago. best song on it wasn't on it. Um, oh, dude, no is an insanely good song. Dude, I went out and bought the Flexi Disc. Like, I have that crappy, floppy, terrible sounding vinyl because I love the song so much. No. Um, you know, I don't want to turn this into a discussion about their self titled because we've, we, we've, I don't know if we ever did talk about it because I think it maybe it came out. I don't remember where we started the show, but either way. So, you know, this album, like, I, and, <sighs> Dying of Everything is a great album. I listened to it. I agree with you that it's, it's one of the stronger albums they've done. So, like, it's funny because I was actually talking to somebody about this recently with Obituary. I consider... So, when I say I'm an Obituary fan, and I have a tour shirt from their self-titled album, and I'm excited to go see them again because I'm going to get a tour shirt because my current tour shirt is... Both my Cannibal Corpse and my Obituary tour shirts are literally ready to evaporate off my body. I've worn them so much. Like, they're literally, like, they have holes in them, they're threadbare, whatever. So, I will say this. When I think of obituary, I think of, like, slowly rotten cause of death, whatever's in between. Then I go to their self-titled, you know, dead, yeah, their live album, but I'm talking about, like, studio albums. 
they're self-titled. And then, yes, I know Inked and Blood, you know, World Demise. all. But I think of everything in between there as kind of like one block. And then everything, they're self-titled in this one as something separate. Because I feel like John especially has kind of changed a little bit. And he's even said it himself. He's like, I generally do vocals the same way, but I'm a little higher register. He goes, I don't know why. It's just something natural with my voice as I'm getting older. But I don't know. There's something different about Obituary. Like, I think their last two albums have been particularly standout, whereas like their other, you know, in between Cause of Death and their self-titled, they weren't bad. They were just kind of like peanut butter and jelly, whereas their last two have been exceptional. I think, first of all, the barely alive, the, the, the intro, the first track on this album is awesome. I think barely alive sets the tone for the whole album. The The fourth song on the record is called War, where he's like, I'll take you to war. It, it is easily my favorite song on his album. Um, Mine is Weaponize I, the Hate. I love that song. Also, yeah, I, also a great song. I will, I will say this. The Wrong my, Time my, is awesome, too. My opinion of the Cannibal Corpse was it's pretty cool. It's Cannibal Corpse. It's what I wanted. Obituary is my favorite death metal band. Uh, always but that's, has been. That's what's funny between you and I. I've always been the bigger Cannibal Corpse fan. You've always been the bigger Obituary fan. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I am. I'm a huge Obituary fan. I think this is their best album. Uh, maybe since the end complete. Yeah, I'm going on record. It's really flipping good. It's really good. I mean, I liked their self-titled. Inked and Blood. Actually, Inked and Blood's a really stinking good album, too. It is. Um, uh, Frozen in Time. Nah, it's their best since Frozen in Time, at least. Because No, it's their best since Frozen in Time. Uh, sorry. I can't forget, because Frozen in Time has Redneck Stomp on it yeah. and on the floor. I figured so, you were going to say Redneck. I knew you were going to say Redneck Stomp. Yeah, but they open every show with Redneck Stomp. Not every show. They haven't done it recently. I mean, but it just it gives them an opportunity to like start playing while John comes out. Do I am so jazzed to see Obituary open for Cannibal Corpse? I'm so are you, are jazzed. You, are you jazzed by getting some jazz down in Texas? I won't be getting any jazz. I I never get any jazz. <laughs> well, maybe you'll get maybe you'll wear your mortician shirt and get some jazz from a woman with hairy pits. Well, at that at, at this point at this point, <laughs> like what do we just say? Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, aim for the pit hair, man. Aim for it. Is there a word for that? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know. It's. I mean, like I, if it's on the face, it's a facial. What if? What if it's in the pit hair? I don't know. It's a piddle. Got to be a word for it, a folks. Yeah, I don't know. A piddle? I don't know. Um. Anyway, seriously, obituary, dying of everything. Uh, love it. Absolutely love this album. There's a. There's a. Seriously, the, the, the first track. I think the first track right away just throws it out as. Holy crap, this is really flipping good. You know what I love about Obituary? Everything. Well, yes, but I mean, oh. in particular, how much like Cannibal Corpse, they've shed the kayfabe. I'm not going to explain what kayfabe is. We do it every time. If you if you don't know what kayfabe is, Google it. Um, how Cannibal Corpse and Obituary were two death metal bands for a long time. You know, they had to, you know, carry the like, oh, we're, we're a death metal band, blah, blah, blah. Obituary is the biggest bunch of freaking goofballs I have ever seen in my life. Just kind of like how Corpse Grinder has become this character that's bigger than George himself. Like, it's funny. The Corpse Grinder character has ballooned into this 
total character because he's the a mean character is bigger than George's neck. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> it's not getting carried away, but obituary too. like all of their social media posts are hilarious. All of their music videos, like their music videos aren't like somebody getting gutted and cut apart with a chainsaw. Their music videos are cartoons of them like touring. And, and they all have, like, their little personalities on their little animated... Like, their last album had, like, four music videos that were all cartoons of them, like, driving around in a van, like, Scooby-Doo style. And it was hilarious because Trevor was Trevor, John was John, Don was Don. Well, and, you know, I, um... I, look, man, I, I, I love the story about their beer. You know, their beer is called Hopped in <laughs> Half. It tastes more like Budweiser. Because they're like, we only drink Bud Light, so we had to make sure the beer... They had to cut the hops down so it tasted more like Bud Light. Like <laughs> but just, it's called hopped in half. So, dude, they're, 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 they're like, dude, we are literally just guys who drink Bud Light and watch football. And the funny thing is, is that's not a character. And what's funny is Cannibal Corpse is a bunch of guys who watch hockey. Because remember, we were on their tour bus and they were like, yeah, we're trying to get they were like, we're trying to get the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we're mad because the TV's not working. <sighs> that was the greatest. Well, when I walk into Cannibal Corpse's tour bus and I'm like, dude, you guys are trying to watch hockey. I'm home. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, and and you got to figure Jack was still in the band, and you know, but he was at the mall. Oh, I still I have my two. I have Gallery of Suicide and Bloodthirst signed by every member of the band sitting right here yeah, on my too. wall above my recording station. So, um, see, I have a recording station. You have a different kind of station. I do. Yeah, I have a jerk off <laughs> station. What can I say? Um, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to say it, but you did. <laughs> hey, dude, look, cause some, sometimes you, 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 you just got to have a wank, you know? The best part about that movie is the fact that they say it's a station. It's not <laughs> it's like, a, it's like, oh, we have a place to do it. It's a station. <laughs> like, dude, if, like you've you're never going seen, if you've never seen I Love You, Man, just watch it. It's such a great movie. It's such a great movie. It's a you know, station. He, he has a jerk-off station. I mean, it's... it's. I it's love amazing. when he invites Rush to his jerk-off station. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Um, all right, so my number six is also your number nine. After we do this, we will recap so we can unconfuse all of you. My number six is the new autopsy, Ashes, Organs, Bloods, and Crips. Realistically, maybe obituary should be higher because I loved it so much. But dude, this autopsy is just cool. There is a cool autopsy has a cool factor. They do. I don't even know how to describe it. Something about autopsy that's just flipping cool. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, again, like, and I think that those- band is on fire. I, I do. I think, I think since, hmm, let me think. Um. Maybe yeah, I'm looking. Let me look at their albums. I would say since Macabre Eternal, this band has just been on fire. Well, not the to only say album. About I'll be honest with you. The them. only album I don't like by them is, and I'm going to edit the name, 1995's yeah, Poop, Fun. Poop Fun. And and literally because I it was like basically from what I understand a joke album about poop, and it was just kind of like meh. And then they disappeared for like almost 10 years, actually over 10 years. And then they came back with Macabre Eternal. And you're right. Macabre Eternal is just like, where the hell has this been? This band? Because I remember when Macabre Eternal came out, I was admittedly never an autopsy fan. 
Not uh, I unlike Severed Survivor Lamenter Funeral. I just wasn't an autopsy fan. Not for any reason. I just wasn't. Acts of the what? Unspeakable actually took me a long time to get into because it was more doom metal style. Like less. It was a big departure from Mental Funeral. But dude, Tourniquets, Hacksaws, and Graves was insanely good. Outstanding. And then they disappeared I, I, again for another like eight years. And then they came out. La- and they, they, now they've done two albums in two years. Morbidly Triumphant and Ashen's Organs and Bloods and Crips. Not I remember where I, I, <laughs> where I where I was living at the time, um, and when when Tourniquets, Hacksaws, and Graves came out, and I just remember like it was kind of one of those. It was the album I was just man I was in the mood for that album a lot. I listened to it so much, and I had a buddy who lived out near me that was really into this too. So it, it, ha- Tourniquets, Hacksaws, and Graves I listened to a lot. Um, Macabre Eternal is what really. Admittedly, that's what turned me on to the band. I was like, wow, where's this band been on my life? And I don't know. I just, I I think, here's what I like about Ashen's Organs, Bloods and Crips. I think it does a really good job. <laughs> you and I both keep saying Bloods and Crips. <laughs> I know. Well, I say, I'm saying Crips, but it's not sounding like I'm saying Crips with a T. I know, but you, it's not Bloods, it's Blood. Oh, like, well, I, we keep saying Bloods and Crips, like, who, who like Snoop Dogg's on the album or something. I, I, you know, as much as we wanted to be from the 80s, we sadly grew up in the 90s, and every and every white kid in a Catholic school that we knew tried to pretend he was in the Bloods or the Crips. Um, He's I really to hope that that's, that that's a tongue-in-cheek joke in the name of the album. It's hilarious if it is. But Ashen's Organs, Blood and Crips to say it properly i see i know that you like you don't really like their doom sound as much it's not that i don't like it it took a while to grow on me what i like about this album is i think they do both really well yeah i think this album highlights kind of both directions that the band can go in and i think it's just really good and i think they do it right it's just kind of one of those it's right in the pocket it's it's kind of a right in the pocket autopsy album it, you know what I mean? It's kind of if you want, where where I will say that Maccabi Eternal might be their high watermark of just the, the mind blowing album of theirs. I think this album really hits that balance perfectly, and I do. I I really 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 like this album. So okay, let's recap. I will read. My 10 down to 6. You'll read your 10 down to 6, and then we'll continue. All right. My number 10, Dying Fetus, Make Them Beg for Death. My number 9, Overkill, Scorched. Number 8, Cannibal Corpse, Chaos, Horrific. Number 7, Obituary, Dying of Everything. And number 6, Autopsy, Ashens, Organs, Blood, and Crips. I'm actually going to do my 10 to 5 because we've already covered all of them. Okay. My number 10 is Cattle Decapitations, Terracite. Number nine is Autopsy, Ashens, Ashens, Ashes, Organs, Blood, and Crypts. Number eight is Vomitory, All Heads Are Gonna Roll. Number seven is KK's Priest, The Sinner Rides Again. Number six, Obituary, The Dying of Everything. And number five, Cannibal Corpse, Chaos, Hayrific. Hayrific, wow. That Jack Daniels is hitting me hard. Cannibal Corpse, Chaos, Horrific. Yeah, yeah. He's afraid to say whore, but I, I should I'm say chaos horrific. Horrific. Chaos horrific. Chaos horrific. Um, I, I do live in Jersey, so it's chaos horrific. Um, look at that big whore over Look at that fat whore over Look at that big fat 
who over there? Christopher hey, Walken. You know, pennies from wrong heaven. With a big, as long as there's nothing wrong with a big fat whore, as long as she, you know, as long as she charges accordingly. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I gotta get it. Like, if you're gonna be that big, I gotta get a little bit. Like, as long as she's not charging per inch, it's fine. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. <laughs> Per pound. Um, All right, so why don't you talk about their number five, and then we'll continue on. Okay, so my number five, now we're getting into the the, the albums that that really, 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 whi- I, I whipped my skip to, to the, the, my top five this year. Like, in, in, the, in the albums this year that blew my skirt up, I'll put it this way. Six through ten, those were albums I loved, and there were some others that were fighting for the spots and any given day those might switch around i would say my top five are maybe the order of my top five moves around but i don't see anything coming in the category of these top five so i will say my top five would not change other than maybe the order of themselves but nothing else is getting into this my number five an amazing band an amazing underappreciated just killer band and that is Sirith Ungol and their and their album um Dark Parade I oh god I just love I swear to god I I um one of our listeners a good friend of both of ours um that we met through the show uh I'm pretty sure he was saying this might be his favorite album of the year they're just look they're the kind of band that they're you know an acquired taste maybe they're an acquired taste they've been around since the 70s they're like old school like sword and sorcery fantasy their albums are like you know, I guess Tolkien, but they're just an old school fantasy kind of, I don't know, doomy power metal. I mean, Sirith Ungles is clearly a reference to Tolkien. Their name itself is a reference to Tolkien. Um, all of their cover art is by Michael Whelan, by the way, which is extra cool. He rules. Um, He's done so much metal cover art. Yeah, but he does. I mean, he does all of theirs. And if you look at any of their album covers, you'll be like, "Oh, yeah." Well, that's why. Um, like their 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 album last time, "Forever Black." Like I looked at it and went, "Wow, that's Driz Dowerton." I don't know if that's necessarily who they were saying it was, um, but uh, I, I took one look at the cover of their last album, and like I said, I was like, oh, yeah, that is clearly supposed to be Drizzt Alberton, or I don't know, maybe it wasn't, but if you ask me, it certainly was. Uh, Drizzt Alberton being the um, the main character of... Well, he's the most famous character of the Forgotten Realms, um, famous in you know the Icewind Dale. Uh, he's a he's a, a drow. He's a dark elf. Anyway, if you know anything about the Forgotten Realms, 
he's the character that people would would know. Uh, I'll I'll say that at least. Um, so you know, they're a band who. Hey, how many times have I said cover art matters? Um, hold on, I'm sending you. A, I'm sending Rex a picture of the new album. Like you can just look at their album covers and go, "Yep, yeah, duffs into those." But <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, all the records look like that. They're just they're awesome. And and look, their their vocals are an acquired taste. I get it. But dude, you got to give this band credit. Their vocalist has been in a band since '76. Guitar player, 87. Drummer, 72. Other guitar player, 76. Their bass player has only been there since 2016, but the rest of the band has been around forever. Like, it's pretty cool that these guys, I mean, Frost and Fire came out in 81, but they, I mean, they had been around a long time before that. But when you figure, like, man, it's Frost and Fire with still some of that lineup like dude it's just it's 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 pretty awesome man i uh i i like i like sarah Thungle a lot if you listen to him and you don't like him because you don't like the vocals if anything about the band would turn you off it's the vocals if you don't like the vocals i get it but this album blew me away um their album they put out in 2020 blew me away and this one did too if you've never heard it absolutely check it out this album just kicks ass uh, this is a record that I'll put it this way. Any of my top five could have been my number one. This absolutely could have been my number one. Um, a part of me thinks in 2020, Sarah Thungle might've been my, tw- my number one. It might've been because that album was great. But anyway, so my number five, one of the best albums of the year, in my opinion, or one of my favorites for sure. Sarah Ungle dark parade. Uh, your number five. Yeah, so you need to go to your number four. So what's ironic is my number four is the same thing, or my number three is the same thing as your number four, so we'll be able to talk about them together. Um, My number four is actually, so I cheated a little bit. Um, It's my show, so I can do whatever I want. (sighs) Death Pill by Death Pill. Um, Oh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, look, they're considered hardcore punk, but... Look, they have enough of an aggressive sound, in my opinion, to be included here. I know we're a metal show, but look, again, I like punk. I like hardcore yeah, but one punk. Of the one album you showed me of theirs the has song, a lot yeah. more like metal sound to it. Yeah, look. And, and a lot of their other thing. stuff doesn't. But And that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the, the album is kind of one of those albums where I think if you like thrash, you'll like this. So, like, that's why I'm kind of including it here. So, they're Ukrainian, all-female, punk you know, hardcore punk, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not hardcore punk like you think like Dead Kennedys or, you know, whatever. It's it's pretty heavy. Um, you know, again, like if you like thrash, like if you're into the, the, the modern thrash sound, you're, you'd I think you'd really like this album. Give it a chance. Now, you know, it's not for everybody, but I really wanted to like dig this because I really wanted to like this because I this was one of those albums where I put it on and I couldn't stop listening to it. And um, I didn't want to exclude it from the list because like, look, you know, Hanneman was a massive punk. Like Jeff Hanneman from Slayer was a massive punk. Um, if you look at all the stickers on his guitar, none of them are metal. They're all punk. He's got sex pistols that, you know, he's got dead Kennedys. He's got black flag. You know, James Hetfield says if charge GBH never existed, Metallica might not get not, might not exist. So 
I, I feel like, you know, again, this has just enough of a sound and it fits in well enough for me to be able to justify keeping it in my top 10 metal albums. Yes, it's not technically metal, so to speak, but I feel like it has enough crossover, no pun intended, to fit in this list. So Death Pill by Death Pill is my number four. Your number four is my number three, so we'll talk about them together. You go ahead, though. Uh, yeah. My number four. Okay. So, if anything on our list, I would expect to be on a lot of people's lists. It's my number four and your number three. And that's the new Nervosa. It's called Jailbreak. This is, I will say this. This album wins the award of the needle drop record. What I mean by that is this is the album that you drop the needle and immediately go, whoa, okay, yeah, this is awesome. Yep. If there is any album this year that wins the second you drop the needle, it's this one. Hands down. I know it's not my number one album, but it, it absolutely wins the needle drop award. You know, there, not a lot of albums can do that, where you drop the needle and instantly like, whoa, okay. They, and 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 I will also say, you know, you talked about Crypta earlier. I liked Nervosa. And then when, you know, members left and Crypta started, I felt Nervosa was still good, but they were kind of lacking. I I don't know. Here's here's my thing. Maybe people agree with me. Maybe they don't. I don't know. My thought about this album is, look, Prika doing vocals catapulted this band to a whole other level for me for two reasons. I think she's good at it. Now, when Fernanda, who's in Crypto now, was in the band, she was a great on stage, had a lot going for her. I, 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 she was incredible. When she left, I thought the band was kind of still good but kind of lacking what I like about Prika Emerald doing vocals is that it's her band pretty much anyway and I I just think I don't know it's it's kind of sort of it's like the Dave Mustaine thing Dave Mustaine did vocals because everyone else he wanted him to do vocals for them sucked or was it, you know, Dave Dave was their vocalist because no one else fit the fit the bill. I think Preek is like, fine, screw it. I'm just going to do it myself. And I, just, I don't know, I think it's awesome. You know, she's just like, fine, I'll do it. And she kicks ass at it. And I, I hope she never hires anybody else to do vocals ever again. I think she's great at it. I think the album is recorded flawlessly. It sounds great. Um, I just, and dude, I was with you when I, man, I liked their earlier stuff too. Um, what was their album? Their, their, their one you really liked? Um, like Downfall of Mankind. I mean, like Agony was good. Downfall of Mankind was good. Um, the one, uh, what was it? Perpetual Chaos is okay. Yeah, yeah. That was okay. Like, it was all right. It was, I mean, Downfall of Mankind was really good. I, I totally admit. I'll say this: like Crypta, Echoes of the Soul blew Nervosa's 
second, you know, the, the, the first album they each put out, and we said this last, I believe, last year during our yeah. top tens potentially, where Echoes of the Soul blew Nervosa's album out of the water. Um, out, just completely out of the water. Now, this year, I feel like it's the opposite. I think Jailbreak just absolutely decimated. I, I think Jailbreak de- uh, Shades of Sorrow. I think it, it just I, Jailbreak I think, was such a good album. I think I think Crypto went from an amazing album to a second album that was good, not as good as the first one. Well, I, and, and you know, you and I both kind of said about Crypto's second album is that. It almost, and I hate to say this because it sounds like we're only saying it because, oh, they're all female band. Blah, blah, blah. It sounds like they were trying too hard. Like, and what I what I mean by that, and, and, and which is what I think Nervosa didn't do. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I think Crypta was like, we really need to like double down on the drama. And we really, like, it felt like they were trying to do like a concept album where, and I don't know if it, if it was a concept album. But you know, there's the piano and the intro, and it's called like the, See, the first track called like the saga continues or something. And there's piano in the middle. It felt like they were trying to set the stage with these visuals, and they all they're they're all wearing like red scarves and stuff and all the promo material. It felt like they were really trying to do something. On the first album, it sounded like a band that just wanted to put an album out and get out there and be creative. On the second album, it sounded like they were trying to like create this whole like experience See? and I felt like it was too much. Nervosa, you're right. It was the opposite where I feel like this album felt like they like Preka's just like, I gotta get an album out and I want this thing to kick ass. Nobody's doing like what you know, nobody's out there to sound like I want them to, so I'm just gonna do it myself. It's like Thanos, you know, fine, I'll do it myself, you know? Well that well, that that was my point. Like it was kind of as if Preka just went No, not to not to quote the name of the next um Anvil record, but she was just kind of like the hell with it. I mean, I'm not saying this is what really happened. It's just when I listen to the record, I get Preka going to hell with it. Screw it. I'm just, damn it. Give me my damn guitar. Give me a microphone. I'm just going to do it. And that's what I got out of this album. And I think it kicks ass. But again, it's so organic feeling to me. To me, it's 100% a great, because Preka is a great guitar player. She's a great guitar player. She's a great songwriter and she's a great vocalist. And I think she just was like, screw it. I'll do it. I mean, sometimes that's when the best stuff comes out. When you're not trying, you're just like, screw it. I'm not saying, look, I don't know what's happening. I'm not saying she didn't put effort into it. I'm saying she didn't try to be anything else. She just said, screw it. I'll be myself. And just did it. And I don't care however many people get mad at me. I know I like Downfall of Mankind too. Jailbreak is easily my favorite favorite Nervosa album, and uh, it happened instantly, quite literally. Drop, dude, drop the needle if you don't have a the final. Listen to the song. Point being, put your earbuds in, a good pair of headphones, or on a good stereo. Don't listen to it on your damn phone speakers. But get it on a decent set of speakers or earbuds or something. Click play on this record. And I'm telling you three seconds in, you're going to go, oh. Oh. You know? It's You know what it is? It's that moment when I, John Holmes unzips his pants and they're like, no. oh. <laughs> no, I, I and I remember I got this album and I, I sent you a message and I'm like, the first three seconds of this album blew this the whole second Crypto album out of the water. I think um, I think the first three seconds of this album blew both bands out of the water. I mean, 
I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's nothing against anything that Nervosa or Crypto's done. The first, this album, I'm sorry, this album is just the culminate, like the last five or six years of band members changing and other band, blah, 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 blah. This is just like, screw it, damn it. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's awesome. If this is anybody, yeah. anybody who puts this as their album of the year is probably right. Yeah, I mean. Can I, could I say this is, I mean, again, we don't, we don't pick bests. We're picking our favorites. But I do think, objectively speaking, it's one of the best albums put out this year. Yeah, I put it I on, think, and I it was one of those albums. Objectively speaking, take my favorites out of the equation. I think it's one of the best albums out that came out this year. Um, it's it's definitely a I dangerous. I would be shocked if it's not on a lot of lists. It's definitely a dangerous album too, because like I, when I put it on, I couldn't stop listening to it. It was oh, it was one too. of those albums, and and I think the next three for me, the, my next three, and I know I'm on number three, you're on number four. The next three albums for me were all dangerous albums. They were all albums that once they got once they got put on, whether it be my turntable, my iPod, whatever, I couldn't turn them off. Like I, it was like one of those things where I just kept listening to them. So why don't you talk about your number three, and then we'll get on to my top two and your top two. All right, uh, my number three. I will tell you for most of the year, I expected this to be my number one. Um, when I first heard this album. I was like, well, there goes my number one. And it is my number three album, actually. But it is Powerwolf's Interludium. Um, again, I don't know how to give a great big review of it. Powerwolf is amazing. Every album they put out, I just don't know how they're going to beat it. You know, I, I just don't know how they do it. I just don't get it. They're German. I think it's the only way to describe Powerwolf is... They're German, and when it comes to metal, Germans just do it better. The first track, Wolves of War, I heard that and went, yep, that kicks ass. The song No Prayer at Midnight, I mean, the, the record is absolutely unbelievable. And it was my number one album that I thought was going to be number one album for most of the year. Um, Again, like Power Wolf, check it out. I don't have a whole lot to say with it. Other than it's, again, it's Power Wolf. But what's what's the problem with that? Well, every album they put out is so damn good. Like Cannibal Corpse, that album was. I really like them. So when they put out an album, it's just, it's what I want. I mean, dude, it's what I wanted. You know, it's you went to a restaurant and you got your pancakes and you got your eggs cooked the way you like them. You're not gonna complain. It's gonna be yeah, I loved it. It was exactly what I wanted. Cannibal Corpse is that way. This Power Wolf is because every damn time they put out an album, I go, how the hell are they this good? And how did they do it again? That's my review of Power Wolf. How the hell did they do it again? How are they this good? And how is this possible? I don't know. It's incredible. Interludium by Power Wolf, my number three. If you don't believe me, listen to the song Wolves of War uh, or No Prayer at Midnight, and you'll see what I mean. Rex, you're up to your number two. So now we're we're really in the home stretch here. My number two is a band that actually our listeners turned us on to. It's a band called Carnation. The newest album by them is Cursed Mortality. And you you're kind of split on this album. I kind of look by its look past its flaws or potential flaws. You know, it's all personal preference. So this album was one of those albums where it came out and kind of took me by surprise. I actually didn't even know it came out this year. Um, I missed it when it first came out. 
And it, again, it was one of those albums I put it on. This is the one I was talking about when I was talking about Vomitory, where I it, it has that, and I talked about it last week, so I won't go crazy on it, but it, it has that almost Swedish death metal feel to it. It's not necessarily the chainsaw, set, you know, guitar sound, but it has a little bit of that. And, you know, you're split because you feel like you feel like one of the songs on it is the same way as I feel about Ride the Lightning's Escape, meaning it has a clean vocal part where it's not that the vocals are bad. It's just that they're kind of out of nowhere and they don't in 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 both of our opinions really fit the song that well. Kudos to them for trying something different. But for me, it was one of those things where I the album was good enough where I overlooked like the parts that I didn't like and and they were well overshadowed by the parts that I did like. So that's why it's number 2. I feel like this is an awesome album. I like their first two and this one just carried on that that and I feel like they're growing and adapting. So, I don't know, I'm curious to see what they uh what they go what they go from here. Now, again, I know you had your problems with it, but uh you know, they made my number 2. So, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, I love the album. Um I'm sorry that one song is so bad it turns me off in the record. Um, it's not, and by the way, it just it makes it not a record that would make my top ten. Um, I just, I just can't, I can't do it. I, I, I appreciate what they were trying to do. It was good on paper, bad in execution. But again, dude, I'm not here to trash the record. I like Carnation. I like them a lot, and I like a lot of this album. So while the album is not making my top 10, I might not love the album. I love this band, and I love a lot of what's on this album. So all pissy about one track aside, there's that. Um, my number two is the auto-include. And I don't mean auto-include because, again, I'm not just putting them on there because they're this band. It's because I love this band. And therefore, when I get something by them, I listen to it constantly. And that is a new album by Redemption called I Am The Storm. Uh, if you don't know who Dem Redemption are, they are a uh, prog metal band. Um, they're really more of a project. Um, they're not really a band. They're a project. They do albums, and they play it like prog power. Their vocalist used to be Ray Alder of Fate's, of Fate's Warning. Uh, he's no longer in the band. He is not in the band um, on this album or the last album, um, just not, you know, he's was busy. He didn't, you know, he left the band and do it, but again, it's not really a band. Um, the main guy is Nick. He, Nick Van Dyke. He is a, uh, he was, I don't know if he still is, but he was like CEO or something. It was really an executive for blizzard USA. So, um, but he's a great guitar player, so this was kind of a, like I said, a uh, just a little project of his. The vocalist is now Tom England, the vocalist of Evergrey. So they went from Ray, one of my favorite vocalists from one of my favorite bands um, in Fate's Warning, to getting Tom, uh, one of my favorite vocalists of one of my favorite bands, Evergrey. Uh, so, you know, you put him in this band, it, they're just incredible. I... I I got turned on to this band with their album Snowfall on Judgment Day, came out in two thousand nine. That band, that album, still blows me away. That's when Ray was still singing for them. Um, 
And this one, it's just great. Uh, and again, they're not an auto-include because I see their name and I put them on there. It's just, I love this band. Utterly, absolutely love this band. And when I when I see they have a new album coming out, I, I buy it and I listen to the hell out of it. And I promise you, if this album was not up to par with them, this would not be on my list. It's my number two because it's that damn good of an album. If you're into Prague, if you're into what Dream Theater would sound like if it was good, I'm joking, but look, I've always said I loved 90s Dream Theater, but after they hired Jordan Rudis, I just lost interest. I, I felt like they stopped writing songs and it was just all wank. Redemption still writes songs with great choruses and stuff that I just absolutely love to listen to. So, yeah. Um, my number two, Redemption. This is an easy one for me. I Am the Storm by Redemption. Easy vote for number number two. Uh, which brings us to our number ones. And then we are going to get out of here. So, my number Not one. Not surprised this is your number one, by the way. My number one is something that... Um, it actually surprised me a little bit because I, I've always loved I've loved this band for years. Like I've loved this band since for God, 20 years now, probably if not longer, I think longer than 20 years. I think I found them in like 99 or 2000, but, um, Cryptopsy as Gamora burns. This album was again, one of those dangerous albums where once I put it on, I couldn't stop listening to it. It was one of those ones where whenever, every time I got in my car, it would come on and I'd be like, all right, that that's how you know that you have a dangerous album on your hands. When you get in your car and you plug in your iPod or whatever, the CD comes on, whatever you got going on in your car, and you're just immediately satisfied. Like, you know, because there'll be times where you get in your car and you're like, ah, oh, I'm not in the mood to listen to this or oh, I want to listen to this or whatever. That album came on and I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't need to change anything because I know if, as soon as I change it, I'm going to want to go right back. Cryptopsy's As Gamora Burns is just an awesome album. Um, Cryptopsy's really in great form. I mean, they've been around forever to the point of where they're almost considered like elders of death metal. Um, over the years, they've gone through many changes, even in style a little bit. Like they kind of departed. Maybe they kind of departed death metal a little bit at one point. It's up for debate on one of their albums. But, um, you know, I've I love Whisper Supremacy is one of my favorite death metal albums of all time. I know people crap on it, but I still love And Then You'll Beg. Then, of course, you have None So Vile, Blasphemy Made Flesh. I mean, those those are like my favorite Cryptopsy albums. So those are going back a ways, you know, and, and, and they're modern stuff. I don't I generally, you know, I listened to it, but it wasn't a huge fan of it. But as Gamora Burns, man, that album just completely just melted my face off. Such a good album. If their vocalist ate worms on stage, <laughs> this would be like everybody's favorite album. The only thing this album doesn't have going for it is the this vocalist doesn't literally eat worms on stage. Eh, maybe. Because everybody's favorite Cryptopsy vocalist is Lord Worm because he ate worms on stage and his name was Lord Worm. No one liked him because he was any better than anybody else. <laughs> Dude, I, I like none I like those albums too. But let's be fair. His name was awesome. His gimmick was awesome. I don't think necessarily um I think if I think if I think if their current vocalist had a name as cool as Lord Worm and a, a gimmick as cool as eating worms and feeding worms to people in the crowd, they would love him too. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a great album. It didn't make my top 10, um, but it's, it really is a great album. 
I uh, it's another one. I'd actually be surprised if it's not on. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's not on. I don't know. This is an album. I, 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 I would struggle to figure out if this is going to be on a lot of lists or on none of them. Because there's probably still all those people clutching their nuts going, it's not Lord Worm. Yeah, well, whatever. I yeah, just forget them. Anyways, go no. ahead. I already forgot about them. My number one. Okay, so... Uh, I mentioned this last week, um, but when the Amane Marth tour came out, right, with Obituary and Cannibal Corpse, and I saw their poster, I saw a, what I call a spooge band, I saw a logo, just looks like, you know, Spider-Man, whatever you want to call it, where it's a metal band with a logo, you can't understand what it says. My immediate thought is, what a bunch of morons, because if I see they're on that tour, the first thing I'm going to do is look their name up and listen to them. But I can't tell what the hell it says, so what a lost opportunity for them. And I got to tell you, it stopped there. I just heard from a friend of mine, I heard you say that Cannibal Corpse said the band Frozen Soul is really good. And I had a friend of mine say... I should check out Frozen Soul because they sound a lot like Bolt Thrower. The problem is, had their band had their logo been legible, I would have checked them out as soon as I saw them as an opening band. How many times have I said logos you can't read? I just think it's stupid. That besides. So again, I heard from you that Corpse Grinder thinks they're pretty awesome. Then I realized they're the band that Frozen Soul is on this tour. And then a buddy of mine says they're a lot like Bolt Thrower. You should check them out. So I listened to the new album by Frozen Souls, an album called Glacial Domination. And I got to tell you, I bitched all year long that there were albums that I loved, but nothing was really, really it. Dude, I loved The Redemption. I love Power Wolf. I love Nervosa. I love Sarah Ungle. There were so many albums that came out here that were really good. But I waited all year for the album that was just going to be it. Like every year, like there's one album that's like, damn it, that's it. I waited all year for that album to, to, to show up, and it never showed up. And a couple of weeks ago, through those recommendations, I listened to Glacial Domination by Frozen Soul and went, that's it. I knew instantly this was my album of the year. Because it's the album that I wanted all year and couldn't find. And I don't mean I was trying to find this record. I mean, I was trying to find something. I didn't know what it was, but you know what I mean? It's one of those, like, you don't know what you're looking for, but you'll fi- you'll know it when you find it. That was this. I didn't know what I was looking for, but when I found this album, I went, that is everything I could have asked for. It's everything good about, about Bolt Thrower without being, like, straight-up copy of Bolt Thrower. Both are words British. These guys are American. I want to say they're from Texas. Um, it's just, you know, we were talking earlier. I love that slower groove death metal. Again, I use both throwers as a great example. I love that style. These guys, they do it. I watched a ton of live videos of theirs. They, they bring it on stage. They are going to be in. Well, okay, look. When you're the when there's four bands playing and you're the first one on, you know you're not getting a sound check. It it 
okay, I can't guarantee that they're going to be amazing live on that tour only because of the situation. But what I can tell you is everything I've seen of them live is unbelievable. And this album is just great. It's great. And I can't stop listening to it. And I know I only found out about this record two weeks ago. And I know that my, you might think, well, that's just your number one because you're just it's just fresh. But here's the thing, man. This is an album that I can't stop listening to. And this is a band... This is an album that put this band on the mark on on the map for me, and this is a band that I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eyes on this band permanently because these guys are amazing. So I love it. This is probably my surprise. I, I think everybody probably would have thought Power Wolf or Redemption would have been my one and two. In fairness, they were until I found this, and nothing beats it in my opinion. So my number one album of the year is Frozen Soul, Glacial Domination. I would be surprised myself that actually I'm surprised that anything beat. Redemption, Power Worth, Wolf, Nervosa, and Sirith Ungle. But then I heard this album, and it it deserves my top spot. It's an incredible album. Oh, and in the video, it's part of the song. On the record, it's not exactly. But I think I mentioned this last week. The uh, the kind of like synth intro track stuff on it reminds me of like Signal's Rush, and I think it's really super cool. So you've got like a Signals Rush thing going on in the little intros meets Bolt Thrower, and it sounds original, and it's incredible. So, yeah, that's my number one. So hey, I'm going to read back my top ten list, um, and then why don't you do the same, and then we can uh, work our way out of here. So my top ten. Uh, my number ten record, Dying Fetus, Make Them Beg for Death. Number nine, Overkill, Scorched. Number eight, Cannibal Corpse with Chaos, Horrific. Horrific. Number seven, obituary, dying of everything. Number six, autopsy, ashes, organs, blood, and crypts. Number five, Sirith Ungle with Dark Parade. Number four, Nervosa's Jailbreak. Number three, Power Wolf, Interludium. Number two, Redemption, I Am the Storm. And my number one album of the year, Frozen Soul, Glacial Domination. So uh, my top ten is number ten, Cattle Decapitation, Terracite. Number nine, Autopsy. Ashes, Organs, Blood, and Crypts. Number eight, Vomitory, All Heads Are Gonna Roll. Number seven, KK's Priest, The Sinner Rides Again. Number six, Obituary, The Dying of Everything. Or sorry, Dying of Everything. Number five, Cannibal Corpse, Chaos Horrific. Number four, Death Pill, Death Pill. Number three, Nervosa, Jailbreak. Number two, Carnation, Cursed Mortality. And number one, Cryptopsy, As Gamora Burns. You know what's funny, though? The whole time we were talking about Jailbreak by Nervosa, neither one of us mentioned Thin Lizzy. Oh, no. Every time I see that record, it plays in my head. Yeah. Every time I see Nervosa Jailbreak, I think of... Tonight is going to be a jailbreak. Exactly. Somewhere in this town. I was, I was curious if there. I was curious if the, if the title track on that album was a cover, but it's not. It's actually an original song. Yeah, it's not. I mean, and you covered that song on. I YouTube. did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a. Super, I, it was an easy song to cover, but for for um, years I told you I'm like, dude, that 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 riff is so sleazy. You need to play it. Well, and, and of course, the, hey, you, good looking female, come here. That's why it's almost as good as. That's almost as good as. Hooey, you'll get some leg tonight you'll for get some sure. Leg tonight. <laughs> Here I come, baby. I'm coming to get you. You know, it's I'm one of those. Get you. Gotta, you got you to gotta love it. Um, 
Anyway, so that's our top tens of 2023. It's been a, a an up and down year uh, for both of us. Certainly been an up and down year for me. Uh, 2023 will forever be the the year that I didn't go to Vakken, but almost did, but didn't. Every other year it was I didn't go. This year it was I didn't go, but I almost did and then didn't. <laughs> you were um, there, but not there. I was there, but yeah, I actually there. you were there. I made it to the Holy Grounds, but I didn't get to go to the festival. Um, long story. Back up and listen to the episode about it. I don't want to talk about it again because you've heard the story. And you don't need to hear it again. If I'm going to talk about something more than once, if I'm going to talk about stuff again, it's going to be boobs um, because they're amazing. Uh, so that's yeah, that's pretty much it. It's been a weird year. We are. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to 2024. We do actually have one episode left of this year. Technically, um, yeah, yeah, it comes or, out basically on New Year's Day, I think. Yeah, so I guess this is really our last episode of the year. The The next episode will come out New Year's Day. So either way, if you are listening to this, the album will come out. This episode comes out on Christmas, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So this unless, unless I'm late editing remember, it. Folks, <laughs> I'm playing. It's the nature of a recorded podcast. you got to record it a few days in advance. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing hockey at 7.45 in the morning on Sunday, so if I pass out before I edit this, you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, well, either none way, of, this episode is- None of is, you are giving us Christmas presents, so don't expect a new episode for Christmas. Right. Well, it's either going to come out on Christmas or sometime around then. Either way, uh, if you were listening to this after Christmas- just understand that we wished you a Merry Christmas before you just didn't find out about it until after. Yeah. That's how that works. It's a, it's a space-time continuum. And if you yeah. want to give Duff a, a late Christmas gift, he'll take uh he'll take blowies, he'll take <laughs> I'll take blowies, I'll take handies. Um and I I'm 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 sending that out to all to both of our female listeners. Um and to all our male listeners, just send me naked pictures of your old lady. Uh, provided that it's consensual and her boobs are at least a C cup. If they're not, then the answer is no. Um, otherwise, I'm ready to get out of here. I've been drinking. I want to drink a little bit more. The holidays are here. It's time to you know relax, have fun, whatever it is that makes you happy. You know, um, we could quote Phil Anselmo about this, but he said it so eloquently. You know, <laughs> um, let's just say I hope you enjoy yourself, whatever that means. However it, however it gets you off, you know, have a wang. Whatever gets you there. Whatever gets you there. It's all fun. So yeah. anyway, um, again, get a hold of us. Uh, we we want to hit the the new year running. So if you got any recommendations for us or anything you want us to talk about, let us know. In the meantime, for the last time in 2023, I would like to remind you that I like boobs. Otherwise, we want to say thank you very much for listening. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff. <laughs> <laughs>